For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Papers this morning deal with the big freeze, which will blast the country with minus six degrees in places. Further up you go, further east you go. Over in the UK, of course, they're telling people not to drive. We've got a, three different status yellow alerts going on. We just have so much information. Be careful, be Cormac. Uh, care and attention uh, and making sure that everybody is safe with regards to the cold temperatures. And we'll get through this, but it dominates many of the page papers this morning uh, because we just are, we're always on alert now these days and we're on alert to everything. Uh, International Women's Day today and many of the newspapers have some excellent coverage with regards to the day that's in it and the fact that, uh, you know, we talk of it every year um, and we talk about issues involving women, whether it's uh, gender violence and issues like that or discrimination in the workplace uh, and also the upcoming change with regards to the referendum on gender equality. It all makes the newspapers today. The Independent is a columnist, uh, Lorraine Courtney, saying, I'm dedicating this column to the women who tend not to find themselves on International Women's Day guest lists, uh, women who wait to who want to be able to live their lives safely without men harassing them, raping them or killing them. Uh, another one in the mail this morning says most women feeling burned out in the workplace, particularly since the pandemic, 70 percent feeling that their physical and mental well-being has suffered increasing stress at work and all that comes with work and also trying to juggle home life. The actual referendum on gender equality will be this year. It will be in November and it has a clause in it with regards to women's life within the home because the Irish Constitution says the state recognises that by her life within the home, woman gives to the state a support without which the common good cannot be achieved. And the state shall therefore endeavour to ensure that mothers shall not be obliged by economic necessity to engage in labour to the neglect of their duties in the home. That is so outdated now. Um, Imagine it was even to an extent when the Constitution was written uh, outdated, but it bears no resemblance at all to reality. And that's why, I mean, maybe there are people out there who disagree with that, but I would think that 99% of people would think that that needs to be changed. So that's a story that's making the papers today. Interestingly, one that you won't see in the papers, I read online this morning, at least Seamus came across it. Uh, where'd you find it? I think you might have found it on, was it on RTE? Online, I think. Just nod your head. Sister, yeah, thank you. It was a woman who said that her husband didn't want her to work outside the home, right? Um, and they now have gone their separate ways. So as Part of the separation of property ruling, the separation of property when they go their separate ways and divorce, a Spanish court has ordered the man to pay his ex-wife more than €200,000 for 25 years of unpaid domestic labour. Separation of property specified that each property, each partner could keep what they earned and theirs alone. Which meant that, like, he'd walk away with all of the dosh for everything he ever earned or any of the savings he made from working outside the home. And she'd end up with nothing. And the court said, hang on a second. Okay, let's have a closer look at this. And the wife said, well, you got to pay me for when I was working in the home because you didn't want me to work outside of the home. And they worked it out then, unfortunately, based on minimum wage at a figure of 200,000 euro. Go girl, many would say. Um, Might well come back to that because it's a longer story. Uh, The issue regarding um, uh, International Women's Day, of course, uh, I hope to talk about a little later on this morning. Some very alarming statistics when it comes to crimes. Actually, alarming statistics with regards to issues involving criminality uh, in general a little later on today. 
but there will be a, an International Women's Day protest in the city this evening, 6 o'clock on Grand Parade. And they will, will march to demand emergency action from the government on gender violence and indeed the housing crisis. So more on that as well a little later on. But here's, here's the, the world we live in. There's a documentary or some kind of a, a show on the BBC at the moment. It's called We Need to Talk About Bill Cosby. And, that, and that's fine. I get all of that. Uh, but there was a United States-based therapist who was on the program who said, and the BBC has been criticized for broadcasting the therapist's remarks. He suggested that men with a fetish about sex with unconscious partners should be allowed to pay women to be drugged. I mean, need I say any more? Papers also this morning talk about the uh, story that was broken by Paul Byrne on Virgin Media News yesterday, and that's the latest attack on sheep and lambs by dogs. And the farmer, Dan Cronin, uh, makes the examiner this morning because uh, Owen English has a very lengthy article. He actually breaks down um, the different uh, issues regarding uh, farm safety and animal safety on farms and the amount of attacks, particularly on lambs and indeed uh, uh, Sheep, because the latest one is uh, the latest dog attack on sheep was on a farmland outside on the outskirts of Cork City. I'm reading from his copy in the Examiner this morning. One lamb was beheaded, several others were torn to bits, a ewe was killed, and another was seriously injured. The lambs um, and part of Paul Byrne's report yesterday featured Dan Cronin, but also his daughter Kira. She's the loveliest girl, and you could tell that she just loves the animals on the farm. She said the lambs her pride and her joy. Very sad. Eviction stories also, I talked to Dan Cronin, the farmer, a little later on. Eviction stories also make the papers today. Families facing eviction and the amount in Cork that are losing uh, their homes and will continue to lose their homes. The front page are making the echo. And this eviction ban um, is to halt the flight of cuckoo fund investors. Uh, they um, had to halt the eviction ban so the people could be evicted from their homes so the cuckoo funds wouldn't turn away from investing and buying properties to rent in Ireland. I mean, you just can't make this up. Somebody please unravel that for me. In 2016, there was under 6,000 people, a shocking figure I remember, 6,000 people, uh, adults and children, accessing local authority emergency accommodation in Ireland, under 6,000 in 2016. The latest statistic with regards to adults and children accessing local authority emergency accommodation is probably gone above because the graph doesn't specify exactly, but it looks to me to be above 12,000, maybe even 13,000. So from, as I say, under 6,000 in 2016 to over 12,000 in 2023. Burking Mad is a headline story making the front of the mail, uh, sorry, the mirror. Chaos in court as the Burke family members have to be dragged out by the Gardaí. Bedlam inside and outside the court yesterday. Uh, the, the whole deal was that um, you had to, the Burke family, five members of his own family and myself who were, well, many of the family members had to be thrown out of the court. It was chaotic scenes had a dozen officers involved and Enoch Burke, his parents and three siblings rejected. Of course, the backstory to this is it was the Court of Appeal and he was appealing the court order uh, against him and he lost that appeal and it all kicked off after that. Papers then also today talk about the continuing hassle that Gardaí get as they go about their duty. More court reports of people giving the cops scrape. Now, this guy was was fairly drunk, I would say, for sure, but that's still not an excuse as a 30-year-old man. Apparently, and it was a fairly serious issue that the guards had to be called out for, but uh, Patrick O'Driscoll from the Glen um, was spoken to by the guardie and he turned and abused the guard and called him a fat pig. And he says to him, do you have to do a fitness test, he says. 
he threatened to fight the Gardaí as well. It's quite lengthy. A fat pig, do you have to do a fitness test? A fat pig would be fitter than you, he says. That was before the courts yesterday. Olin Kelleher was having none of it, actually, because he gave him, where did I see it this morning? He gave him a two-month jail term. Didn't suspend it or anything. He just gave him a two-month jail term. And then, I know we spoke about this some weeks back, but we continue to climb in all of the wrong graphs and charts. And the one that we don't certainly want to be top of is the European Union's most uninsured cars nation. But we now have the highest level of uninsured vehicles in the EU. you got to ask yourself the question, if uninsured drivers are going up, What's the real reason behind it? Is it recklessness? Is it people who couldn't be bothered? Or is it people who just have to take a gamble? Because their insurance is a bill that they cannot pay. Or their insurance company has turned around and for some unexplainable reason has decided that last year's premium of €475, this year is going to be €975. I'm not in any way endorsing people who drive uninsured, but I'd love to do a deep dive into the reason. Um, we, We spend anyway on top of everything else, four times the EU average on insurance premiums per person. So we're paying four times more than all of our other European compadres. Go figure that one out. And then I heard the AIB chief this morning saying that nobody gets preferential treatments in Ireland from AIB with regards to debt write-down. You could talk about the DJ Carey story and his debt write-down, or indeed others. Was it the figure of something like 1,900 massive debt write-downs by some of our big banks in the last year. Bank of Ireland have come out and said the same thing. Um, I wonder if there are people out there, though, who were treated um, in a kind of a dissimilar fashion to the likes of DJ Carey by your bank. If you had a debt that you couldn't pay, what happened? If you had mortgage problems and you looked for help and intervention, what happened? The credit union are saying that the bank must come up with a plan they must come up with some sort of a plan to help you to repay and to, um, you know, to uh, realign your debt to make it affordable for you. Um, or it could be anything. It could be a mortgage. It could be a, a car loan. It could be any kind of a loan. It could be an overdraft. How have you got on with the banks? Text 0868104106. We continue to blow money here. I mean, maybe it was in the heat of the moment going through COVID that the HSC just had to buy everything and anything they could find. We spent $129 million uh, on 10 times more ventilators than we actually needed. Uh, and then, of course, there was a figure that some of them that we got and bought and paid for weren't even fit for purpose in the first place. Papers also to talk today about how do you properly rear a child? Well, back in the old days, neighbours were involved in the upbringing of children. It wasn't just your own mammy or your daddy. It was the next door mammy and the mammy two doors up and you were in and out of everybody else's houses and the woman up the road could give you a clatter just as easily as your mam could give you a clatter. Those days are well gone now. But the study that's out this morning says that it does actually take a village to raise a child properly. They say there's a lot of truth in the proverb. In fact, there's an awful lot of truth in many proverbs. There's research now showing that it's better for children to have several people looking after them rather than just one parent. So sometimes the old ways were the best. I don't have time for this now, but there is a very lengthy article this morning in the mail simply dedicated to where you should put things in the fridge and what belongs in the fridge and what does not belong in the fridge. Did you know uh, that flour belongs in the fridge? Did you know that nuts belong in the fridge? Did you know that in spite of the fact that they design the door of the fridge for bottles, including wine bottles, you should not put your wine bottles in the door of the fridge? It ain't cold enough for them, apparently. Um, another one, butter. Of course, that's a, a gripe of everybody in the home. Uh, people who leave butter in the fridge and then you go to... Sp- <laughs> 
then you might go to get a bit of butter to slice a piece of bread and you can't because it's like something out of the freezer. It's like a block of ice. But anyways, the story of what you should put in the fridge and where you should put it. We'll come back to that later on because we all need a laugh. And finally, talking about needing a laugh. Mo Farah has been beaten in a 100-metre race. Now, you can kind of understand why Mo Farah has been bait. He's not a sprinter, right? He's a long-distance runner, so he's an endurance runner. He came second in the school sports day against a dad racing in jeans and runners. (laughs) I mean... I think the pressure on athletes like that, maybe at, at school days or family days, must be immense. I mean, Mo Farah probably lined up thinking that he'd win it easily, even though he's a, a marathon runner. Uh, but then to come in second must be absolutely mortifying. And I'd say the dad will live on it, maybe for a year, but possibly for the rest of his life. Farah, of course, who um, is a serious, serious long-distance runner um, and won gold in both the 5,000 and 10,000 metres in the London Olympics and the Rio Games in 2016 coming second to a dad in jeans. I just love it. The Neil Prenderville Show on Courts Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Emerald Radio Awards 2022. Right, lines open. Text 0868-104-106. Important day today. um, International Women's Day. I told you what was happening in the newspapers. We were curious as to find out if people were aware that today is International Women's Day. Uh, And I've got calls on this in a few minutes' time. Uh, But uh, Seamus took to the streets of Cork yesterday uh, with regards to the fact that today was International Women's Day uh, to see what the day meant to Leesiders. It's quite interesting uh, because you'll find that in, in some cases there's a proportion of people who didn't even know about it in the first place. Anyway, you'll be getting your hair done, won't you? You lucky thing. I'll be treating myself. I'm a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what does it mean to International Women's Day to have a day of your own? It means we deserve it, really, doesn't it? Sorry. It's nice to pamper yourself and, you know, acknowledge the women, what we do, I suppose, every day. Yeah. I'm sure it's not on the 6th of December or January now. Ah, I knew you were going to say that. And then Mother's Day is coming up as well. Sure, it's Women's Day every day. The men will say, wouldn't they? That's it. Yeah, yeah. It would mean women's empowerment, women getting their voice heard, women having their own rights in today's society. I've been involved in women's support and women's association for years myself, so that's what it would mean to me. Women's pride, really, and women's empowerment. So it's just, I don't know, unity for women and empowerment for women and women's rights. And will you be doing anything for it? Um, no, I'm working. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know it was on. Yeah, I might tell right now. <laughs> I might have to. In what way? That's a great know. question. What do we do, Sarah? We go for a cocktail, I suppose. Yeah. Get all our friends, all a our friends. cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, we I didn't know it was the International Women's Day. I don't know if it would make any difference. It doesn't make any difference. We're retired now and we're... So it's International Women's Day for you every Wednesday? Yeah, it is no. a Wednesday. Wednesday. Is your, when yeah, is your day as well? Wednesday yeah, is our yeah, day, yeah. yeah. I have to work. What? I have to work, Seamus. They won't even give you the, no. the day off. No, no. 
enough. It's very sad. I have to work, they have to work. International Women's Day, we all have to work. Equality and all the rest of it, Seamus, you know? How about yourself? What does International Women's Day mean to you? To be honest, not too much. As you said, I will be working that day and it's all the same for me, like every other day. Like maybe we're celebrating it today, as you can see. Yeah. I still think that there's a pay gap, um, you know, with jobs for women, between women and men. There's a pay, big pay gap there. I think women do an awful lot more work in the home than men. And they're still expected to multitask, you know. So, yeah, there would be still a divide. But things have got a bit better, I do think. You know, we say in comparison to the early 80s and that when women are in 70s that women couldn't go to work or anything. Like women are earning their own right now. Sorry, I didn't even know it was International Women's Day. So back tomorrow. <laughs> so life will go on as normal tomorrow, there'll be no celebrating? No, 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 we're, we're fine without all these things. Well, I didn't know it was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it means freedom, I suppose. For the day or forever, forever. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, one woman in that report says we don't need it in the first place, International uh, Women's Day. Uh, Women's Aid recently reported that 93% of young women surveyed had been threatened with the release of intimate images by their partners during an argument. The LGBTQ plus group say that uh, there was more violence in the last year against LGBTQ plus people in Europe than there was, say, for instance, in a decade. Uh, Homophobic, transphobic attacks in Cork are reflecting these trends as well as we've Heard on this program, uh, you also see Gardi. This is astonishing. Gardi reporting to domestic violence reports every ten minutes. Fifty thousand reports received this year, as the Gardi urged domestic violence and course of control victims to come forward. These are just some of the headlines, uh, particularly when you hone in uh, on gender-based violence. Course of control in the home is becoming a serious crime out of control. It's a specific criminal offence now since 2019. Violence against women reached record numbers in 2022 with the highest number of violent deaths since 2007. Last year, 11 women died violently and two more have been killed so far in 2023 up to January of 2023. God knows that figure could be inaccurate because we are now in March. In spite of all that, for 40 years, uh, Mary Crilly has monks, walked amongst us, came down from Dublin, joined us here in Cork, originally set up the uh, Cork, Cork Rape Crisis Centre, now known as the Sexual Violence Centre in Cork. Uh, and it's an honour to have us amongst us, have her amongst us for those four decades. A lovely article in The Echo this morning, written by Colette Sheridan, marking the milestone of 40 years. And Mary Crilly joins me by phone. Mary, good morning. My, my apologies, the, the line numbers changed. Mary, you can hear me now? I can hear you, yeah. Um, yeah. And yet, in spite of those 40 years, do you do you get disheartened when I read out stats like that? Because you know them only too well. I think you can feel overwhelmed. And I think anybody listening could feel overwhelmed and feel what's the point. But like what I want to do for this year is just kind of highlight the fact that um, there is a rise in the support people are getting. There is a rise in reporting and there is a rise in awareness raising, which is really good. You know, we're not sitting back silently and saying there's nothing we can do. I think people are saying this is really appalling and we need to do more. 
And I think when there is a rise in reporting and a rise in supporting, that's really helping the victims of sexual crime. And it's actually yeah, true I mean, to say that that is maybe why we're hearing of more cases that people are actually reporting more. I think so. And I think if you think in 40 years, like every day for 40 years, I've met someone or come across someone who has been raped or abused as a child. And I mean, of course, that can get to me at times or I can feel despairing mm. or I can feel overwhelmed by it. But I just look at them and the, the strength they have even to walk in or to tell their partner or tell somebody. And I think it's just phenomenal. And I think it's their strength that kind of keeps me going. Plus, I would have said only recently that I was abused myself as a young teenager, which I wouldn't have said for years. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't say it for years. Yeah. So I think that helped me in my understanding um, in finding what people are going through. It also attracted you to the line of work that you gave that. your entire life to, didn't it, Mary? It did, but I didn't realise at the time. By yeah. God, did I hide it. And by God, was I not bringing that to the, yeah. you know, to the front because I didn't want to know or want to remember. Yeah. You know, but it absolutely must have because something kind of kept me going. Something kept me there saying this is injustice and we need to do something. And I didn't want to fall into the trap of kind of just shouting about funding, shouting about how awful men are, shouting about all this kind of stuff. I was more into kind of, this is reality. Let's see if we can do to change it. Let's yeah. change the culture. Let's talk about it. You did say in the article, though, and it's a quote, that if you were to come back in 40 years' time to a world in which victims didn't feel it was their fault, you would breathe a sigh of relief. Is that one of the big issues with regards to not reporting self-guilt and self-blame? I mean, as you know, because you've been interviewing me for over 30 years or more, um, people are afraid to to talk because they feel to be blamed because 80% are raped by somebody who they know. So it's their brother's friend, it's their husband's friend, it's somebody in work with them, it's somebody in college with them. And they're afraid case everybody will know. And because it's seen as a shameful crime, you know, that's a shame to happen to the victim, they won't talk about it. Whereas we dealt with it in that the reality, the majority of men aren't doing this. The majority of men will never do this. Um, the minority who are doing it are consistent and treat it as black and white crime not something because it's sexual or seems to be sexual that it's their fault mm. and that they can't talk about it like mm. you know yourself if you went out and somebody gave you a belt in the street or mm. broken arm or injured you you could go home and say it and I'd really love to talk to the fathers here now because in the 40 years I've met so many wonderful young women who say they're daddy's girls and they really want to tell their dad but they can't because they feel he'll look at them differently or he'll be very hurt and of course he'd be hurt if it happens but you know if we all keep the conversation going and if the fathers and brothers out there say if anything ever happened to you I'm there for you not if anything ever happened to you I'd kill whoever did it because that's what stops them yeah the fear that the dad might say where were you what were you doing you shouldn't have been there what did you say did you encourage him or he might look at them like you're not my baby anymore look at them differently because he can't deal with the fact that the daughter has been raped or abused and maybe doesn't know how to deal with it so just have that conversation with her that I'm, I want to do anything I can. I don't know how to deal with this. Instead, she will feel he'll look at her not as if her precious little girl or whatever way, whatever relationship they yeah, have. I know. And he'd be very hurt yeah. and he might be able to deal with it. So victims of sexual crime, young men and young women and older people who we see, always have to take this into account. Who can I tell and how it will affect them? Okay. Can I just look at International Women's Day? Because one of the big issues involved in that day is what you've just spoke about right now and that is gender violence and un- un- sadly it is men harming and hurting women. But there are other aspects to the day. I mean, what does it mean to you? Is, is, it, is it also about paying women fairly, 
um, uh, you know, closing the pension gap. I read this morning that an average pension income for a retired woman is is 35% lower than a retired man for some extraordinary reason. Shared parenting. It's an article in The Independent this morning. Lorraine Courtney says that when a baby comes along, one parent's life is paused invariably. She says the breastfeeding mum. That that women, you know, they, 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 do, they do the lion's share of everything, and, and yet even when they go to work, they're not paid fairly with the with the with the pay gap. Are those also important things to you? Absolutely, I think International Women's Day is about taking stock. I mean, I think the majority of people in this world don't like the idea of inequality, but it's there staring us in the face. It's kind of like one billion women in this world will be sexually assaulted in some kind of way in their lifetime. It is about the inequality in work and you know, gender issues and on boards and all this kind of stuff. So it is just standing back and taking stock and seeing what we can do in our own way. Like I have noticed over the past few years, it's nearly turned into a, a lunch or that kind of stuff, which was what International Women's Day is ever about. It it's it's not about going um, out with your girlfriends and drinking Prosecco, not, celebrating. Is it not? No. It's not. Not at all. No, it's it's about really taking stock. And I know a lot of companies, you know, send the secretaries of the women out for lunch, which in their own way is great. It's acknowledging International Women's Day, but, we you know, it needs to be pushed a bit further about it is a political act. It would have been women leaving the sewing factories um, a long time ago in America because of the pay they were getting. And they all left, and that's how International Women's Day kind of came about. So it's about taking stock and about, in their own way, doing what we can do or calling out what we can call out. Mm. Just taking stock and acknowledging things aren't okay. Things aren't all bad, but things aren't okay. So you uh, clearly you'd be aware as much as anybody that there's a referendum on gender equality in November to take that clause out of the Constitution that's saying a woman's right is in the home and shouldn't have to work outside of the home to the detriment of family and rearing children. It, it's archaic now at this stage, right? It is archaic. And I think people have choices. And then with the cost of childcare sometimes it works for somebody to stay in the home or to be at work and depending on the cost but I think for any couple um, it is their choice for any woman on her own or any man on her own to child it is their choice what they do but all that has to be taken out it's about and that really is what it's about look at where we're at now and what needs to be changed and when somebody says to me nothing ever needs to be changed I kind of wonder you know, what, what rock are they living under? You know, because you just have to look at the stats, as you said, about the, the figures to do it, inequality to do it, all sorts of things, the pay gap. It is there, so we just need to change it. Mary, it's 40 years now. Is there still fuel in the tank? Just a small bit. Like, I'm, I'm, I'll be 70 now in two years' time, so my plan is, as I said before, to get the centre in some kind of order that when I do leave, um, it'll be okay. But I'm not going, going. Like, my hope would be that I still um, keep on the campaign. You know, we have a, a great safe, safe Geeks campaign where we go to the festivals and highlight safety at festivals, and that's really taken off in a big way. There's a fixed campaign where we change headlines in papers that are really appalling. Like, one would be, you know, one in five boys in Ireland think um, it's okay not to get consent. So we change that to one in five boys um, feel it's okay to rape someone and we got a bit of flack for that one now because they thought I was pushing it a bit too far but like consent if you don't get consent then you're raping somebody that's the end of it a lot of that so with I young boys actually the unfortunately they could be watching a lot of those videos and YouTubes of Andrew Tate you know and absolutely and I mean the, the toxic stuff in the videos is getting worse but it's still the majority of young boys in this world thankfully might be watching but aren't doing anything or deciding that's not for me but it's about the language we use it's just about calling it out not necessarily calling everybody out but calling the language out calling it out that's not getting consent is rape that's the end of it there's no 
grey area around it. And that's the problem with sexual violence. The grey area keeps creeping in where it is quite black and white. Mm. So I'm kind of saying to people, for the year, we're looking at um, the rise in awareness, the amazing rise that people are getting about support and the rise in reporting. And it's kind of small changes. I do get frustrated after 40 years that we're still at this stage. But, you know, phenomenal stuff is happening now and I wouldn't say it will happen in the future because it's happening now and it will continue to happen and I think the people of Cork at this stage have been phenomenal to the centre we're in the prime position we're very well supported I'm not saying financially but that's not what it's about it's about meeting people on the street who say keep going girl or kind of my husband went or my father went or my brother went here or my sister or my mother it's just kind of saying you're doing okay because sometimes you know, when you're in this work, um, you do. I do doubt myself and think, God, are we doing okay? Are we doing the right thing? Um, because people's lives um, are being put in your hands, really. Yeah. Judge, actually, I could, I could talk to you all morning, but as you're chatting there, I just picked up another point you were talking about is, as it, with regards to change. You're, you're managing slowly but surely to, to change the narratives in court as well, where somebody is alleged to have been, have been to be guilty but needs to go through the court process. But their defence involves fairly serious interrogation, quite uh, invasive interrogation of the victim. Is that changing? It will change. I mean, I think guidelines will be coming in, like say in the UK, where there's certain things that the barristers can ask and not ask. You know, if, if somebody's raped kind of um, after a pub or with somebody they know, um, what they did six years ago or whether they were involved in addiction or whatever has nothing to do with it. And all that is brought up. So, I mean, we are... What they were wearing, looking changes. at their social media, their photographs, trawling a- through their absolutely. lives. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was with a woman there who's in her 40s and she said to me that she did have a rough teenage years and she was married to a lovely man at this stage but um, she was in addiction counselling when she was 16 and they went and found her her notes which is nothing to do with anything so that kind of stuff has to be highlighted all the time and stopped mm-hmm. in whatever way we can stop it because okay. there's nothing to do with the crime. Okay, human dynamo keep doing what you do, it's good to catch up this thank morning you. on International Women's Day. Mary, take care of yourself, too. all the best. Thanks, Wait, Mary Crilly, National 24 Hour Rape Crisis Helpline number is one 800 and the sexual violence Violence Centre in Cork, which would be Mary's number, is 1-800-496-496. Or you can text 087-1533-393, and I'll go with those numbers out uh, just before 10 this morning. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106, Red FM. Okay, International Women's Day. Laura Manny on Breakfast was talking this morning about International Women's Day and joins me briefly in studio. Um, if it's not, if we are not to encourage Prosecco and going out for lunch with the gals, what should we be encouraging? Do you know what it is, Neil? I think we need to focus in on women supporting other women as well. I do think that this can be sadly lacking across social media. This morning I was talking about Molly May Haig. She's been on Love Island. She's a massive businesswoman. She's just had a baby about four weeks and every single article about her is Molly May is mum shamed for every kind of behaviour she does. And you have to ask yourself all the time, constantly, and who is doing the mum shaming? It's not men, Neil. It's other mothers. It's other women queuing up. So why doesn't she stop? Why doesn't she stop then? But does she have to? Does she have to, Neil? Like she should be able to have her she should be able to do whatever she wants with her own social media she should be able to present in whatever way she wants even if she is putting the baby into why, a car why is she mum shamed 
what does she do that annoys people? Neil, she can't walk out the door without doing something. Now, yesterday, she was pictured in the back of a black uh, taxi in London, right? She was holding the baby in her arms. Obviously, there's questions there around the baby's safety. Now, we don't know, was that just a photo op? What was it? But straight away, they're just there waiting to queue up. And I see it with women. What were they saying? They were the baby in a baby seat. Exactly. That it's reckless. The baby's only four weeks old. And while they might be right, Neil, is it okay to pile on in her? She is a new mother. She's only had the baby four weeks. There are people always waiting in the wings. I see it with my own social media. There is always somebody ready to say, oh, that's the wrong thing. You're doing the wrong thing. And it's other women tearing other women oh, really? down. Is that right? I mean, I... I, Me, I, I, I cannot tell you. My little girl had a spider, right? And she was treating him as a pet spider. We had him in this massive box. And I get a message going, that's very unkind now to be keeping that spider in that box. <laughs> I'm like, are you joking me? That's the best cared for spider in Cork. <laughs> that fella's getting fed bananas and everything. Like, you can't put anything up without there being so I must be comment. in a very safe place because I don't, the only time me. I got a little bit of grief, and it wasn't even grief, was I put up a photograph of me grilling two tomahawk steaks. Right. And a few characters said that I'd overcooked them and burnt them. But that was as bad as it gets for me. But Neil, it's constant and we know there are toxic social websites dedicated to tearing down women. Tearing down women, And yeah. it's not even yeah. women with a massive following. Like, you might have 10,000 followers. There's a site that if you have 10,000 followers, you're fair game. 10,000 isn't that much in the grand scheme of people with millions. And it could be for anything. It could be for your children's name. It could be, I get an awful lot of poor Shane about my husband. Poor Shane, the way she is with poor Shane. Poor Shane is grand. Poor Shane's having a ball. Do you know, they only see such a tiny bit on Instagram and it's like they're waiting. They are waiting Why to pounce. Why do women? Because you're saying it's women it's other doing women. it to women. It's other women. It's not men baiting to these sites. There might be some of them, but it's other women waiting to kind of point out you're doing that wrong. And sure, within mothers then, it's like, I can't believe you're bottle feeding. I can't believe you're breastfeeding. I can't believe you're not bottle feeding. I, yeah, I can't believe you went with that buggy. I can't believe you went with that car seat. You can't win. And I wish we lived in a world where everyone would just mind their own business. Like, if I decide that I want this buggy, I picked it for a okay, reason. Why don't men comment on other men like that? Because we don't. We don't. You don't. Even, we don't notice each other, really. But yet women will strip each other apart, with, even with their the, how their hair looks or how oh, their clothing, 100%. what they're wearing. And if you look, there's, there are male influencers in the world as well, or there's like comedians and stuff the men don't get as much stick like as a female comedian which I hate the concept of that I'm just a comedian but you do get straight away like oh she's not a bit funny oh she loves herself she loves the sound of her voice well obviously I love the sound of my voice I'm on the radio like I'm not going to be like oh my voice it, goes it through me it comes with the territory though you need a thick skin for that like. you do need See, a thick skin either that or shut the account and get off stage uh, absolutely and there is always that temptation Neil sometimes I have an awful temptation to just become a recluse just go away for three years and come back but that's alright for the likes of me that I know you have to have a thick skin but if you're a young mother at home you've got a burgeoning business you're trying to do something online and suddenly this onslaught I know women that have had to put their account in private step away yeah. from their businesses just because they didn't deserve that and but the, why so, do women do it? Because some women Neil the honest reality is are a dose and they're jealous and there are jealous women out there and they're sitting at home on their computer they're miserable they're looking at your life and they want to tear you down like as my husband says these are the ones you wouldn't talk to in school do you know they'd be sitting next but, to you but hold on a second they also could be the people that you do actually know or talk which to which is terrifying and might meet on the street and you'd have no idea what terrifying. they're capable of and they could be 
they could be people that are teaching our kids. There could be people that you meet in the shop, people working in the bank. It's their own. I think it stems from their own jealousy, but there's no, that's no consolation to me. When I'm sitting at home reading a nasty comment about me, I'm not thinking, oh, she's just a jealous dose. I'm hurt. Yeah. And that comment will stay with me forever. I could get 10 lovely comments on a comedy sketch or something. And the one that stands out, I remember somebody commented once in her teeth are yellow. I felt like saying... They are like, but I'm Irish. But every time I go to brush my teeth in the night now, that's what I think. I know, of. I know. That one, yeah. as opposed to, isn't she gas? You isn't she can't wonderful? remember the compliments. Not at all. And is there a sort of a herd mentality where one or two people say something and then it leads to the scrum, the pylon? Of course it is. It and almost like, gives the green card to proceed. A hundred percent. It's like that kind of bully mentality when you decide, oh, I don't like that one, and then you incur- your friend realizes they don't like either, and you kind of you gang up against each other, and it's so safe online because you don't have to be. I don't have to say I'm Laura Mahoney online I can be somebody else I can hide in plain sight and I can get my opinions out there there's always somebody willing to add another thread and like I know some of the influencers that people would be given out about online and the the myth the story that they're putting out about them about them I know it's not to be true some of the stories they say and like when when it's written down Neil you believe it when you see the words written down you're like well that must be true there's no smoke without fire sometimes it is just people at home trying to tear somebody down who's trying to put their head above the parapet. Well, you know, and we honed in a little bit now on the whole world of influencers and those online, but I'm not saying they're asking for it because clearly that would be unfair, yeah. but they do create this world and they do create this image that's fake. Of course. And it can be very annoying to people who see this fake, perfect yeah. world. You must remember now an awful lot of influencers they they don't necessarily 100% represent what they're doing honestly. And they're in it for Dosh yeah. now. They're in it for Dosh and sometimes I see, you know, lovely pictures of them in this like beautiful surroundings and you know off to the side like there's four children crying and there's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's mess all over the floor. Like I try to represent real okay. life on my Instagram. I, I get that take but at the same time if you, if you take a step back they're just trying to make money. They're just trying to have a business. They're trying to forge a life for themselves. Really, if you don't like them just don't talk about them. There's yeah. people do this thing called hate following where you follow somebody because you hate them. Like, just go away. Just really? don't just don't follow. But for your own for your own mental health. Disaster. It's toxic to do though, to follow toxic. things like that. And like it's toxic to be on those websites. I used to read the websites kind of to see was anyone at any of my friends or did anyone say anything about me? I've been off them a year because my mum gave out to me. She said, What are you doing reading? You were them? actually looking I used to read them. For grief. I used to read to say No, oh, you went not just not you used to read them. You just go looking. looking for them. I'm like, did somebody say something? something about me does somebody say something about my friends and I used to be traumatised but you'd be in a much better place Neil I haven't been on them for a year a whole year now and it makes me happy that I don't have to even know that those people exist if anyone is reading those toxic sites I would say to you now just stop reading it a year of peace because my mum took me aside and she said you've no business being on them there's a woman yesterday inside in the supermarket I think she might be coming on yesterday later she's in the supermarket yesterday and someone who's selling weight loss products approached her and asked her, apparently she might have been carrying a bit of weight, I don't know. Right. She's so upset since that happened that a woman would approach her because of her weight and offer, oh, listen, would you like to join a weight loss program? Here's our product, would you like to buy it? Yeah. Isn't that, isn't it's that, awful. Isn't that shocking? I remember being asked to do an ad for obesity. I was like, are you joking me? <laughs> I 
<laughs> I'm going to pass on that, guys. That still stays with me. But if some woman said it to me in the Shaffrey market, do you want to wait last thing? Oh, my God. The shop would be burnt down. I'd be so cross. Yeah, I hope that she gets an opportunity to chat later on. For sure. Because she isn't you. Like, she was just genuinely upset. But this is it. And you see, the worry is it crosses over as well, Neil. Do you know, if you're like that online, you'll start being like that in real life and people are getting hurt. I would say just don't hurt anyone. And if you hate them, go away from them. Save yourself from them. If you hate me, don't follow me. So for International Women's Day then, what would, I mean, if you had a message, what would it be? Just be sound. And could you try and be supportive? Like as a, particularly with be young sound. mothers. Just be sound. And with young mothers, they have enough going on. You've been there. You've felt the trauma. You've felt the hormones. You chiming in and saying you're using the wrong bo- buggy or the wrong car seat could send that person down an awful spiral. Just be like, I've been there. You don't have to give me advice. I think if people could give each other less advice and just be sound and keep their mouths and, shut and we are good. supposed to feel sorry for Molly May Haig who I know nothing of I'm sure she's a huge influencer makes loads of money out of it and has millions of followers yes, first right and I'm sure so she we're makes supposed mistakes. to feel sorry if somebody says holding a baby in a moving taxi with a car seat wow dangerous or what like, like seriously they're, they're right and, and she's wrong like, but at the same time leave her alone just leave her alone Neil just leave people alone let her make her mistakes do you know you don't have to save her let her alone and just shush uh, good day today the great Laura O'Mahony uh, on lots of different things this morning your texts are welcome text 0868104106 after the break talk to Neil Prenderville now 0818104106 Cork's Red FM certainly is International Women's Day but what will be achieved? What's it about? What's it for? It can be confusing for men, uh, particularly men, as to what role we should have in it. Probably education in various forms, I suppose. Jackie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? What does it mean to you? Do you know what? Now? It means to me that really for all women to respect each other mm-hmm. in general and be kind to each other because we're all here for the same reason and you know we should just empower each other and I do appreciate you taking the call and just telling people that you've got a collapsed lung and sepsis and you're very unwell but in recovery Laura says though that all the, that women don't always respect and help other women they do the oper- no. opposite they can be vicious yes yes and I've seen it myself and it's horrible and it's an awful trait for a woman to have to speak about another woman like that, whether it be her size or her hair colour or whatever. It could be her weight, it, it could be her hair, it could be her clothing, uh, it, yes. could be, it could be her house, it could be her, you know, whatever the case may be. It could be her the job. The she wears her children, her job. Yeah, but you know what? Mind your own business. And if it's not in your back garden, then don't worry about it. You've raised, you've reared a great daughter, Jackie. I'm told. I have. I Neil, honest to God, four weeks ago I ended up with um, a bit of an infection in the end of my lung, and she literally nagged and nagged and nagged me to go to the hospital. So I ended up going to the hospital, and I was put up straight to ICU for five days and she was with me every step of the way God love her she got an awful fright when they told her I had sepsis and 
that another couple of hours and my organs would have shut down. Sepsis, if untreated, so, can kill you and you had no intention of looking for treatment if it wasn't for your daughter. No, none whatsoever. Um, you would be another would sad, on. tragic statistic. Yes, I would, yeah. Um, I ended up having an operation. I, I ended up in the bands in the ICU for five days. They tried to put two drains in my lung. That didn't work. So I had to go over to the CUH. There were special surgeons over there. So they operated on me. Um, I literally had a tube like a garden hose stuck out of my side. She even carried the machine around with me and she was just absolutely brilliant. She stayed with you every day and did night shifts at work, I believe. Yes, every day she came in to me just to talk to me and have a chat with me and just kind of keep me company. And that night then she'd go into work at half ten. She'd come home at seven in the morning and she'd get up then probably the afternoon time. She'd make the dinner for the two boys coming in, uh, my husband and my son. So she'd have the dinner on the go for them and then she'd be running over to me in the hospital. She's just a wonderful kid. Mm, They must be absolutely delighted with your recovery. Yes, and I'm on the road to recovery now, thank God. But the only thing, Neil, is she's going to Australia on me and I'm going to be broken hearted. Oh, so many have gone or are going. Yes, yes. Um, She's going in June. Um... So I don't know what I'm going Why'd to do. Why'd she say she it. wants to go? There's nothing here for her. Simple as that. Yeah, you know. She's, she's following friends? Night. She is, yeah, yeah. Um, she's following friends out. I know it's hard They have for a you. house organised. I'd be the very same. Your daughter is, what, 26? Same kind of age as my own daughter. I would be heartbroken too, but you have to let her go. If there's no prospects, she has to be able to fly the nest and go to where life is. I better, know. You know. Yeah. It's a pity it's I so know. far away, isn't it, Jackie? It's a pity it's so far yes. away. Yes, yes. I have a sister who's in Brisbane for the last 15 years. Um, and she kind of went out after my mother died, our mother died. And it was like another death in the family where there was four family members wiped out because they were on the other side of the world. Other side of the world, I know, I know. And now my child is going, Neil, and I'm just, oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. But look, she does have to fly the nest. Um, She's been at home with me for so long, and she's a great kid. Um, you know, she's just a, a wonderful dog. I know, and I'd say there are the parents listening to you right now who are either going through it or have lost a son or a daughter to the likes of Australia, which is so far away. You'd say something if it was the east coast of America or anywhere in Europe, but um, you know, mm. Australia yeah. seems to be the big ticket item at the moment. Look after yourself, Jackie, and cherish the time that you have with her between now and June and uh, maybe start saving up for a flight to Australia. 
Go and visit oh, her. Oh, yes. Of course. Of course. And my son, once he qualifies as a carpenter, he said he's going as well. So... I think myself and Steve will have to move out there. Good God Almighty. We'll have to follow the Good kids. Good God yeah. Almighty. Thanks, Just Jackie. Mind yourself. That's tragic. Thanks, me. I'm delighted Thanks you're making a recovery. It is tragic, really, for people. You had a son and a daughter who you reared and love, and both of them are literally driven out of their own country by the idiots and the morons that are running it. Back after 10. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 100% female artists all day. R-E-S-B-C-T, find out what it means to me. International Women's Day. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Prenderville Show Come on guys, International Women's Day but what does it mean to women and indeed to men? Text 0868104106 Well all that's happening it is day 3 of our giveaways 400 euro tattoo removal vouchers we're looking for you to share your tattoo stories clearly they're tattoos that you want to get rid of but they don't they don't necessarily have to be if they're great tattoo stories but every day this week a 400 euro tattoo removal voucher for Shirley's Beauty and Laser Clinic they're now removing all tattoo colours so we want your tat stories the funny the cringy the painful the sweet the regretful uh, text 0868104106 on that one another 400 euro tattoo voucher removal voucher from shirleysbeautyclinic.com and today's the day not that the teddy bears have their picnic but you can go on a three day jaunt this weekend if you are lucky enough to win the country to country weekend pass it happens across three nights Friday, Saturday and Sunday and it's a a marvellous opportunity if you love your country music because you can now listen to Cork's Red FM on the Go Loud app and the online player and you can access loads of other amazing original podcasts and music as well including a brand new 24-7 online station called Go Loud Country Hits so it's a big event happening at the 3 Arena in Dublin it's called Country to Country Uh, and we have tickets to give away not just for one night but the entire weekend the three nights. So a little later on this morning, you will win tickets for yourself and whomever you choose to stick with you for the Go Loud uh, Country Hits uh, Country to Country gig happening right across this weekend at the Three Arena in Dublin. So that's just before midday today. Can I just acknowledge and give a big shout out and thank Mandy McCarthy who got in touch with me from y'all and it's important to read this out for the day that's in it. She says, my amazing friend Michelle McCarthy, a native of y'all, Uh, No relation but childhood friends. She is the director of marketing in Madison Square Gardens and she was honoured the other night as Cork Woman of the Year by the Cork County BP&P Association in New York. An amazing achievement. I thought you might like to mention it on your show and maybe try and get her on for a chat at some stage. She's been involved in major events in Madison Square Gardens, including the Katie Taylor fight last year, the Harry Styles 15 consecutive night shows. Um, Thank you, Mandy, so much for telling us about the amazing Michelle McCarthy. Also, for providing you, me, with your mobile number, we have, as the, as the Yanks would say, reached out to Michelle McCarthy at Madison Square Gardens. Hope she comes back because you are right. I would love to talk to her and people would love to hear her story. But what an incredible woman. That's one serious position of power. 
Director of Marketing in Madison Square Gardens and she from y'all by birth. Well done to her. Take a bow, Michelle McCarthy and you too, Mandy, for bigging up your pal. Very important. Text 0868104106 for all of the business. Uh, get back to the phone lines we go. Sinead, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. Um, now, thank you for... Oh, yeah. But what, what, do, you, what do you make, um, say, for instance, of what Laura was saying about how women can be hurtful to women, whether it's online or behind their back? I don't mean to be putting a negative spin on this, but it, it's a topic that has started this morning. Yes, I was listening, so that's why I texted my... Yes, I know. Um, yeah, yeah. One, of, one of my many experiences in um, where women would just try and tear down other women unnecessarily. And it's just all about, I don't know why they do it. Maybe they're very unhappy people and maybe they're bored, but um, it, it, it's sad, really. Is, is a lot of it, where is it happening? Is it happening on people's own social media posts, on their Instagram? Or is it in those places where you have, you have different mums groups and they can be... Exactly. They, they, can yes. be, they can be very powerful groups to help and to share and to ask questions and give advice. Yes. But can they be toxic as well? They can be. Now, a lot of the time... You can be following a page and the admin of the page would be very strict and would be like would delete any negativity straight away, wouldn't allow any, you know, bad behavior and bullying. But you do have some pages that aren't monitored and it's just a free for all. And is it a case that when one or two people make nasty comments, others think it gives them the right to do the same? Yeah, it's like it's like the hyena pack, you know. When the one starts, pack. they all That's start. A, interesting way of putting it. Yeah, and and have you examples of that? I I just texted one example. I thought I I kind of was wondering were you going to read it out, but I I was following a Facebook page um, all about parenting, and you know it would be funny memes, it would be helpful tips, it would be arts and crafts. But they were online a few weeks ago, and they were giving out about this woman who ended up in the paper somewhere or in the magazine, or, you know, on something, on anyway, on social media. And she was complaining because there were children being put out to play in the backyard at, like, 6 a.m. And she was complaining that, you know, they were waking her up and stuff. And I kind of went, okay, I'll put my own perspective on this and try and, you know, explain things. So I put a comment up saying, well, you know, I don't let my two boys out the backyard till after 10 because I've got uh, neighbours who do shift work. And it's quite a small area. I can get very, very loud. So just trying to be a good neighbour. Yeah. And the abuse I got. Well, that's a fairly innocent comment to make. I felt so. I felt I was, you know, just trying to be a good neighbour and, you know, trying to put it out there that, you know, I understand where the woman was coming from in one respect. Yeah. But also, you know, it's nice to be compassionate and empathetic to other people's lives when you're living right next door to them. And um, I put my phone down because I'm busy. And I picked it up then a few minutes later and I had one woman say, oh my God, that's an absolute disgrace, those poor children. Um, another commented, oh my God, go get yourself a McDonald's and cop on. Another one said, oh, those poor children should be in a foster home. How awful for them. Now, Neil, you'd swear to God the two boys were tearing at the back door to get out and bawling, and crying. Do you know what I mean? Somebody said to you, because you don't let your kids out before 10 in the morning, imagine on the weekends, that they should be in a foster home and taken from you. Yeah, yeah. Cause, wasn't I mean, ex- there wasn't an exclamation them. mark after that or a funny meme or anything, no? No, there was no funny meme. I, they were trying to say that it was child cruelty. <laughs> and I mean, they pitched, they, they made this image of children like cr- sc- kind of scratching at a back door to get out, which is not the case in my home. 
Um, we live right, right across from a big, huge wildlife park where we often are in there. And I'm sure some people think I'm homeless. We're in here so much. And like we're playing it, we're in here playing ball. We've got arts and crafts at home. A lot of time during the summer, they're not even dressed okay. by 10 o'clock anyway. How did you feel and about that then? I felt so targeted. And I, I, I straight away wanted just to jump to my own defence and try to explain myself. And then they just kind of started like, I don't know, it was just, I ended up deleting my comment because I just didn't have time to be back and forth with trolls. I just didn't have the time. It I'm was a busy. harmless comment. I mean, was there anyone critical of the woman who piles their kids out into the back garden at six in the morning, no? No, no. You would think no, if there was um, any kind of criticism, it would be well, see, I, that one. If I have something negative, if I feel like I want to write something negative, I won't. If I feel like it's a negative thing and it may start um, a, a row or I might get into conflict with people who have nothing better to do than to sit on their phones all day, then I won't comment because I don't have time to be back and forth with people online. I just don't. No, you wouldn't, want to live, you wouldn't want to live in their worlds because they're, they, no. they're, what they're engaging in is just making themselves less and less happy. That's the problem, you see. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, you know, I, I, I felt targeted. I, I got angry then. And in the end, I said, you know what? No, just delete the post. I unfollowed the page. I put my phone down and I carried on with my life. And this is a page for helpful tips and arts and crafts. Mother of God. Yeah. For parenting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was awful. It yeah. was awful. I mean, it, you imagine know, it, like it'd be, there'd be some sense in people getting maybe a bit irate about people who say, for instance, leave their dogs out at six o'clock in the morning and the neighbours right. trying to sleep and the dogs are barking and barking. That That's a tough one, you know? You think that you might be able to give an honest, almost angry opinion to that. Yeah. But you see, every, every situation is different. I have a tiny backyard. And when my boys are out there, my God, you'd think there were 20 children out there. It's loud. It's echoey. And I, you know, my neighbours are wonderful people. Yeah. And I was just quietly trying to be a good neighbour. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. and then they, half the time, especially during the summer, they're not bothered. They don't want to go out there a while. They're, yeah. they're watching their cartoons or we're doing arts and crafts or we go off to the beach for ourselves. Best not to respond to it. Uh, do you regret taking your post down, though? Uh, no, because I'd rather a peaceful life. Okay, okay, good for you. Okay. I regret writing it in the first place. All right, thanks, Sinead. Appreciate it. Jessica, good morning. Hi, yeah, how are you? I'm good. You wanted to pick up my conversation with Laura Mahoney before 10. I do, I do. I just want to say, Laura, she's absolutely fantastic. And I'm so, so delighted to hear her saying what she said. She said exactly what I felt and the way I, she said it. Like, I listened to her every morning and the breakfast showed all the guys and I have to say she just makes me laugh and when she came on the radio fair play to Laura for saying it because do you know what people need to say more things like that about other girls like and I just fair play to her I just wanted to say that because girls are so fast to run other girls down but not so fast in fact you said in your text some women are completely horrible to other women and girls and as you said it's worse when they have an audience or in the company uh, you know, where they where they feel as if the tribe mentality, somebody described it almost like a hyena pack that everybody piles on. Exactly, exactly. And like, then when they're on their own, then there's not a peep out when they won't even look at you. But then, like, when you have them in gangs, like, oh, look at her. Oh, God, what's she wearing? And it's true. Like, and, you know, I just, I just have to say that. To and is it that, do, do, do women suffer more with jealousy, say, than, than men? Oh, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I, like, I can only say... 
my personal thing, and like anybody that knows me would know when I see anybody on the street, hiya, how are you? Oh my God, I love your top. Oh my God, your lashes are gorgeous. Or I'd always have something nice to say to somebody and anybody, like, I'd always stop and go on my way and say, all right, do you need anything? You know where I am now? Give me a shout. And it's not that I'm being nosy or, oh, look at her now, lad. It's just, it'd just be nice to, just be nice. And I just think girls are so fast to run other girls down. Like if they're wearing something, oh my God, look at her stomach and that top. You know, it's just, it's horrible. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Laura really put yeah. it on the Just don't look at me so if that's the case. Go yeah. away. Yeah. You know? yeah. It, it, it's sad, actually, that people would be preoccupied by other people's looks. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know that men actually do it. I, I, I don't think men do it. You know, I think we're kind of blind to all of that kind of stuff with regards to other men. But I don't know um, because they might be really nice to your face then. But the minute you're gone, they'd say, "Stay to your one." Oh, the hundred percent. You get that everywhere with everybody. Dates, shops, shopping centres. When you go for drinks, no matter where you go, you're going to get that. Like, hi, darling, how are you? And then it's like, oh, then. you know, it's you would everyone gets it. Like, and I, I everyone can relate to a situation like that. You All know? right, appreciate, appreciate your honesty. Thank you so much, Jessica. Have a good day today. You too. Thanks. Claire, Bye. good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm good. A couple of points you wish to make. Go ahead. You have yeah. the floor. I kind of struggle listening, really. You know about the online stuff. I feel like, you know, people engaging on, in online things, especially with family stuff, you know, posting things about your, uh, your children and your day-to-day life and all the rest, I feel like there's a lack of personal responsibility. You know, we're talking about adults putting their whole life online and then crying when someone disagrees or, or comments. And I do understand there are trolls and that some people get it very he- hot and heavy. But we understand what the internet is, and we understand that if we put something out there, we have to accept what people have to say about it Mm. and take personal responsibility. You know, lots of these people have children themselves. How are we teaching our children to take responsibility for the things they say? If the adults in their life are engaging in online uh, school games with other parents, it seems... Like, we have a country of people who haven't grown up yet, or that's what it's like. It's like adult children online. You know, what are we, t- what are we, um, yeah. what are we doing for our children if, if the adults in their life can't engage in proper conduct online? And then, you know, if you don't like what somebody's saying, you have an option not to listen. But they have the right to say it, and I think this all falls into where we're at now with, you know, <clears throat> It's a dangerous place to be in because they're speaking about, you know, putting restrictions on things and disinformation. I just wonder where it's all going. Yeah, yeah. Are, are, you, ta- are you talking about um, issues like regarding Roald Dahl or the Ladybird yeah. books or Penguin yeah, books? Yeah, where are we going with all of this? You know, what is the end game here? Yeah. Yeah. What was the other point you were making this morning with regards to celebrating an Irish pirate born in Kinsale well, on this day in 1698? I feel like I heard the story. Now I don't know the full story about that lady. Um, I, I, I regret to say I don't know. I don't know the story. Anne Bonny was an 18th century Caribbean pirate. I only learned this morning from Lana O'Connor that she actually was born in Kinsale. I always thought she was British. I mean, they yeah. probably thought she was in 1698, but she was from Kinsale. Um, I never yeah. knew that. You you, you believe there's nothing to celebrate, no? Female pirate, pregnant, you know. It's a bit, 
you know, a pirate isn't a, isn't exactly um, an honourable job. Certainly not for men or women. And to be pregnant and then hung with your unborn child. I think, you know, here we go again. What do we want to represent when we talk about women? I see that as a reckless woman. She had a child to think about and she's out sailing the seas. And how did she get there? How did she get to the Caribbean? Was she a slave? No. No. No? No. The, the headline no, is we're being urged so to remember many. we're being urged to remember some of Irish women who've blazed a trail on this International Women's Day. As an As an Irish pirate in the Caribbean who was uh, the scourge of the Spanish fleet, the Dutch fleet and um, married against her father's wishes for love, divorced, took to the high seas as a pirate when at the time women were considered to be even bad luck on board a ship, never mind doing a job like she did. Um, there's a big mural actually just been unveiled on the stony steps and Kinsale to her. Why shouldn't we remember the likes of well, Anne Bonny or the other great people Irish people pirate can. Grace O'Malley? Grainne Whale. can and people will and they are today, I'm sure of it, you are. I'm just saying... My opinion is, I feel if we're going to represent women, there are so many, so, so many, you know, trailblazers. Even in today's um, public life, in, in, um, in our politics, we have some very strong women. And I think that, you know, I, yes, I do think looking back on history and that sh- woman shouldn't be forgotten, but I don't know should she be a representative of... Um, I see what you're saying. No, I understand exactly what you're saying. Surely there are better examples rather than yes. Anne Bonny or pirates who actually engaged in murder and plunder. I, yes. I know what you're saying. I know what you're <laughs> saying. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. there could be. Okay, okay. Appreciate that. Thanks for taking the call, Claire. Anybody agree or disagree with that? Uh, that uh, the likes of Anne Bonny, the Irish Kinsale sail pirate, actually shouldn't be celebrated on International Women's Day. It's, it's a topic that I, I don't know much about it. I've read a couple of books on pirates and I've read a little bit about about Anne Bonny, I've read an awful lot more about Grania Whale off uh, Clare Island and Mayo and Ackle Island and the scourge of the West Coast, actually the scourge of all of the Irish coast and the British coast as well. Um, she actually one stage sailed up the, the Thames and had a private meeting with uh, Queen Elizabeth uh, and they both regarded themselves as equals in, in one sense really as both of queens of what they did. But the Anne Bonny story is, is quite interesting because, um, you know, a lot of the time down in the Caribbean there was such a scourge going on with regards to uh, piracy, um, but you know whether whether it was pirates who were attacking the British fleet way back in the sixteen and seventeen hundreds, or um, uh, other pirates attacking the Spanish, and many of them attacking both. Uh, that the English government at the time, or the English crown at the time, uh, gave the green light to pirates to attack the Spanish, uh, and they were told you can attack them, you can rob all of their gold and their bullion and their doubloons and everything like that. Uh, you must burn the ships and leave them on the water um, to disengage as much of the trade that the Spanish had going across the Atlantic uh, to the benefit of the British. So they, a lot of the time, were flying under flags of convenience from the British crown. Uh, but she was uh, an incredible story and there are books written about it. There was more than Anne Bonny, though, uh, sailing the Caribbean. She had a buddy of hers, which was another woman who was, uh, I can't remember her name now, but she was equally uh, well capable when it came to piracy on the high seas. Um, uh, may, maybe I just have a bit of a graw for pirates having been a pirate myself. Text 086 
Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Catch up on text from this morning. Uh, you talk about gender equality, and yet we see a member of Vanguard Shikana pushing Enoch Burke's sister, causing her to fall. She could have broken her neck. Another one. Can I ask a question? Why do the Burke family have no respect for the high courts or where they are? Judges there have the respect of the citizens of our country. If you don't have it in there... Where can you have it with regards to respect in court? I get all of that. I I really do. But I'm wondering, does anybody have an answer as to why, in spite of what's going on with Enoch Burke, right, and the fines and the, you know, contemption thing in court and also the family's behavior yesterday, and it looked like as if it was bedlam inside and outside of the court. Why do people ridicule them? Um, There's all these kind of funny videos going around and memes and stories and jokes and everything. Does that, because of what they're going through, does that make them um, a target for ridicule? Uh, You spoke about Bill Cosby earlier this morning. There is a similar storyline to what you said about Bill Cosby happening in Coronation Street. A fellow had sex with Amy McDonald the other night when she was very drunk and asleep. I think there are good storylines myself. I really do. People have been critical as to whether or not soaps should have these types of, of storylines um, uh, and because people just want escapism. But it's one way of dealing and highlighting stories, isn't it? To watch the story unfold in a soap. You talk about, um, well, I was mentioning that we pay four times. I think the number is four times higher insurance than the rest of Europe when it comes to car insurance. Four times. We're not four times worse as drivers. But that's just the way it is. So you now have more Irish drivers now than ever before driving uninsured. One texter says, you can research it all you want. Simple is, I can't afford car insurance. So taking the chance is what I do. Uh, somebody talking about bank debt. Owe the bank €100,000 and they'll take you, they, they, and they'll take your home. Owe your bank €100 million and they'll take you out to dinner, says Billy M. Uh, that reminds me of a song... A line from a song by uh, Bob Dylan. Uh, fridge. There's no way I'm putting my nuts in the fridge. It's cold enough already. <laughs> Not your nuts. Nuts. There is a big difference. Uh, sorry, I can't go on air, but it's International Women's Day and you're talking about equality. Well, let's see women building houses, digging up roads, plastering, block laying, carpentry. I can't wait. Uh, yeah, that's a rather selective text. Um, mind you, it might be worth not- noting that I spoke to Marie Coleman just a few weeks ago, who's building her own house. And also, the gender equality thing doesn't mean that the sexes should have to do the same things. Uh, you know, I mean, you don't have to do the same things. That's different to equal rights and equal opportunities and responsibility. Uh, but anyway, Marie Coleman, and uh, now somebody will come back and say, yeah, but a lot of that is she's getting direct labour. No, not all of it. She's doing quite an amount of it herself. Um, can I also mention re- Women's Day? Are you not allowed to drink out of pl- pint glasses now or what? You can drive cars. You can get cheap women-only insurance. Can you imagine if there was cheap men-only insurance? Any man who commits violence in the home or anywhere to a woman should receive a jail sentence. I agree. But it must be proved, as there are girls accusing men that have never even touched them. A very, very small amount, but it happens. Um, Talking about something said earlier on this morning, that men have more hobbies than women. Texture says, men do have more hobbies, hobbies than women. Classic cars, football, models, all forms of cars, motorbike racing, snooker, the list goes on and on. Uh, women are mostly into fashion, hair, nails, mostly things that involve how you look. Therein lies the problem. They are competing against each other, whereas men see and realise everyone is different and is into different things. Men are not in competition with each other. I love American custom and classic cars. My friend loves football. 
but I don't mind. And I'm totally respectful for his love of football. Um, some might say that that's a very superficial view. Women have lots of hobbies. What's wrong with beauty and fashion being a hobby anyway? As an example, uh, on Mary Crilly, ask Mary Crilly about women who make false claims of rape and do so knowing that they're immune from any comeback. My apologies, I didn't see that uh, text earlier on while chatting with Mary. And then amend to Laura O'Mahony, spot on doll. She's weak um, next to our beloved Neil. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, love the piece, love the introduction when you have her on air. Thank you for that. Regarding moms bashing moms, I totally agree that women are so cruel to each other. When I had postnatal depression, my sister-in-law called me a basket case at the time. And it was a time when I needed support the most. Women should be each other's best supporters. Uh, the reason men don't tear down other men is because the stakes are higher. Men are way more likely to resolve a conflict physically whereas women tend to go after character and personality destruction with backbiting and hearsay, says Jason. When you post something on social media, it becomes everyone's business. Keep yourself to yourself and no one will comment. Somebody else finally questioning, why do people put stuff up on social media? Who actually gives a damn? Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. You can always email if you have a story to share, neil at redfm.ie. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. And you can pick up the phone on 0818104106, which is exactly what Shirley Feeney did. She's got Shirley's Beauty and Laser Clinic in Glanmire. I've been telling you about that a lot this week. But just ahead of that, I want to chat with Jackie's daughter, Chloe, who's off to Australia in the summer and her mammy's heart is broken. Chloe, good morning. Hi Neil, how are you? I'm grand. Your mam says you're an inspiration to her. Her with a collapsed lung and nearly dying from sepsis and you must have been exhausted. Um, never mind what she went through, you know, and the help that you gave her. Well done for that. I know, thanks a million. I know. <laughs> and is it, it must come as a great relief that she's on the road to recovery. Ah uh, yeah, Jesus, we all got an awful fright five weeks ago now. Um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. was after being working nights and... I came home and she was just in an awful way. And I knew by looking at her then that she had to go straight to the hospital. Yeah. Like She wasn't inclined to, but you nagged her enough, didn't you? That's it. She, she's the type of person that just kind of gets on with it. Um, and I'd be, I kind of know myself whether she'd be okay or not. And that day I got an awful fright. I knew straight away there was something wrong. Like It's one of those things that's left untreated. A lot of time people don't realise how dangerous sepsis can be. It can kill you. Killer, no, killer friend. My friend of mine died from it a couple of years ago. Shocking. I don't think she even realizes how dangerous it was. Like you know, like even when she the first kind of two or three days in the hospital, she didn't really know what was kind of going on or anything. And I remember the doctors and the nurses saying to me, "Your mum is just so so lucky like that she came down when you told her to come down." Basically, Fair you know? saved your mum's life. You're an incredible daughter. No wonder she says you're an inspiration to her. <laughs> Why are you off to I Australia, know. girl? When is it? Or why? 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 Um, just I'd say like every other young person, there's nothing here for me. Um, just with the housing crisis and a future. Um, just to try and give myself a bit of a future, I suppose. Yeah, I know. I know. Do you know? Like at twenty six, like you, you don't see any opportunity for you to get out of the family home, find your own place, get a flat, or. 
save no, money for a mortgage all. or get a decent paying job? No, like um, like I'd be in a, a relatively good job now and I still wouldn't even be able to afford it. You know, it's gone so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I'd be even saying with, just with like my own class that I was in school with, half of them are in Australia now. You see it there on social media and stuff. Um, majority of all my friends when I was kids, they're all over there now. In Australia. The majority in of Australia. your friends as kids are now in Australia. And left in what period of time? The last 12 months, two years or what? Yeah, kind of the last kind of two years when we all kind of came out of college, basically. Um, some of them went to, to college for to do nursing or to do whatever. And they're all over in Australia now. And are you seeing the life they're living over there, Chloe? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like when I'm working nights, it's days over there. So they're kind of doing their everyday living when I'm working nights. And it's just a completely different lifestyle. Like, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and you're seeing their aspects, you're seeing right? their 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 pics and videos, are you? Yeah, and I'm in work at four or five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, I'm like I'm going to give it a go anyway. If it doesn't work out, I can always come home. And some do come but, back. It's not for everybody, but yeah, it breaks your mother's heart. But she she was telling me she understands why you have to go. You know. That's it. Yeah, and I hope that they do understand that. I'm, I am going just to give myself some sort of a future and some sort of a life, you know? I know. But as a parent, our worry is that you'll never come back and it's Australia and it takes I know. 26 yeah. hours to get there. You know what I mean? It's not New York or Boston or London or Dublin. I know. But you know what? The only thing that I suppose that we have, that it's a benefit to us now that people didn't have 10 years ago is the likes of social media that it's all it is is FaceTime or you know, video chat or whatever, that it would be a bit easier. Um, but it's still, it's still not the same, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was just reading this morning, you're fully aware of the of the um, average rent, I'm sure, in Cork. The average now is just under €1,800 Euro a month. Um, uh, at the average 1800 so it'll be an awful lot higher than that in certain suburbs. And they're also looking at the asking prices of houses in Cork City. The average asking price for a house now in Cork City is 325,000. Um, a little cheaper in the country, I understand that, but certainly way out of the um, the possibility of many people to ever be afforded a house. Never mind 18 or 1900 euro a month dead money in rent, isn't it? True? It's, it's madness. Like, yeah, even if I am comparing it to the likes of Australia, for like 1500 euro a month, like you can get a mansion over there compared to what you can get here, like, totally. rent-wise. Totally, yeah, yeah. You know, and I can see it firsthand myself with looking the last couple of weeks. It's crazy, like. So will you move in with pals then, or do you have family, or what's the deal? Um, yeah, so I have someone over there that kind of everything is set up, um, so I'm kind of lucky in one sense, but it's just kind of finding a job, and what I kind of want to do over there is the main thing. Um... What but do you want to do? What have you got your eyes set on? So the last kind of 12 months, I've been um, working in a company called Alcon. Yeah. Um, so anything the kind of likes of that, you know, the likes of Striker now or Boston or anything like that. Yeah. Like I like what I'm doing now, but the nights are a killer. Like I can't do them anymore. Mm, mm. Um, you couldn't do them when your man was sick because you were working all night and tending her all day. Um, that's it. Like, and it's, it's, 
when you see the likes of that, when you know when you have family problems at home, it's just impossible to to keep it going mentally and physically. Like I know, you know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, it's uh, I don't know will there be any will will there be any twenty somethings left in the country at all at this stage. I know. I I'm literally saying it to everyone that I'm talking to, and like if I'm saying that I'm going and their response is, "Oh, I am too." You know, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Listen, um, while chatting with your mam this morning, and indeed with your good self, I wish you well in June for your travels to Australia, and may everything work out for you. Shirley's Beauty and Laser Clinic uh, just got in touch with her. I just want to bring uh, Shirley herself on the phone because she was prompted to pick up the phone when she heard your mam talking about you. Shirley, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well, and thank you for the 400 euro vouchers for the tattoo removal. Um, that's, oh, it's that's great. Brilliant. No, Appreciate no, we're that. delighted. But, thank you. But talk oh. to me about why you picked up the phone and texted me regarding Jackie and her daughter, Chloe. Well, mums, you know, we love our mums. And I just, I, it just touched me. I, I, was, I was almost crying when I heard, you know, and Chloe, you are an amazing an amazing lady and it's heartbreaking to think that we're actually losing so many amazing women this age going to Australia we've actually lost two therapists they've gone to Australia as well but I just think listening to Chloe and you know what she's done for her mom and I can imagine what her mom has done for Chloe all these years but I just I just felt that you know this lady deserves a treat so I just wanted to pop on and just offer an ultra skin treatment for her and a beautiful back massage as well. It's it's where we customise um, two luxury m- massage techniques, and we. Um, sorry, sorry, Neil. Just one second there. Oh, where grand. we customise two luxury ma- massage techniques, and we offer them with the skin to refine and hydrate the skin, and it's an absolute luxury ultra experience. She deserves so it. She deserves. She deserves it. I'm. Ju- I was listening to you, and I was like, oh no, don't tell me there's another amazing woman leaving going to Australia what's happening Neil it's you know it is it, it's heartbreaking to think you know that they're leaving that's us. a lovely gesture um, and I'm quite sure that uh, Chloe it's not something she, that you yeah, yeah you, you wouldn't turn that fantastic. down no thanks so much not at all and you know and what I'm more than happy to give it to you you're, you're an amazing woman oh thanks so much and you know what I don't even feel like you know, that I should get praise because if it happened again in the morning, Jesus, I'd jump do it and do it again. No, but I mean, somebody, somebody just decides, oh, listen, that, that, that's a great girl. I want to just help her in a little way and just give her a little bit of a treat. Fantastic. Yeah, All day so long. You badly need it. Tell you what I do, tell you what I do, <laughs> Shirley. Uh, if, you look after, if you look after Chloe and I send Jackie, Chloe's ma'am, down with her, I'll pay for Jackie and you pay for Chloe. How about that? I'd be more than happy to look after Jackie as well. Uh, no, no, listen, I, here, here's me twisting your arm. I'm not saying that. I don't not want you. At all. I don't I want to be giving you. I'm, I'd gladly pay oh. for one if you'd comp the other. Neil, I, I wouldn't be here 25 years if I, I if I'm in it because of the love of it. I would be more than happy for I'm Jackie. Kinda half, sorry, I'm kind of half Chloe. ashamed I asked you now if I'm going to catch not it for at two. All. <laughs> not at all. I Honestly, it actually gave me a talk in my heart when I heard. So no, I would be absolutely more than happy to look after both of them. You are so kind. Thank you so much, Shirley. Take care, take you're care. You're very welcome. I'll be speaking with you, Neil. Your, and your best gra- wishes, Chloe. And I can't wait to see you both soon. Thanks a million. Thanks so much. Okay, stay on the line there, Shirley, and I'll give you the details of uh, of Chloe and Jackie, and you can organise it by phone. And I really mean that offer if you change your mind. Chloe, go tell your ma'am you're off for a pampered day together and enjoy (laughs) it, because God knows, God knows the clock is ticking down to June, all right?
that's it. Brilliant. Thanks so much. Take care. Good luck in Oz. Good luck in Oz. I will. Thanks. Bye. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. Interesting stats um, that I've got from, you know, 2019 versus 2022. I kind of mentioned it in passing yesterday on the air where the figures now have been released show a rise in major crimes uh, like sexual offences, assaults on Gardaí, vehicle theft, when you compare it to pre-pandemic levels, pandemic could be held accountable for a lot of the increases in various crimes or decreases, I should say, when people were very much confined to barracks. And that confinement to barracks actually is very much under the scrutiny now these days, isn't it? Um, we have trends now where they show an 8% increase in sexual offences last year compared to 2019, a 13% increase in reported rape last year by compared to pre-pandemic levels, up 13% for rape and 8% sexual offences. Um, you'll, be, you'll be wondering what is, what is the difference. Um, there's an increase in child sexual material, uh, child sexual abuse material being viewed and shared. That's up 6% on 2019 levels. Crimes against the person. There's also been an increase in crimes there like murder, human trafficking, harassment, stalking. Also an increase in assaults on Gardaí. Some of these crimes actually would have been unheard of um, a decade or two decades ago. We have an awful lot more than that. Particularly, you would very rarely have been hearing anything to do with assaults on Gardaí um, or indeed uh, verbal name-calling or abuse uh, but there isn't a day goes by now that you don't hear of it again this morning. Somebody calling uh, the guards, uh, a member of the Garda Shikana, a fat pig. And do you have to do a fitness test that a fat pig would be fitter than you? Imagine, you know, having to listen to that kind of rubbish when you're doing your job. Human traffic offences, oh, human trafficking offences up by 110% from pre-pandemic levels. And Richie, regular contributor to this programme, has been saying that for a couple of years in contact with this radio programme, the issues involving human trafficking that seem to go unnoticed, up 110%. Assault and obstruction of Gardaí, up 27% since before the pandemic. Uh, public order offences up 10%, drunkenness up 19%. Interestingly, drug offences down 14%. Possession of drugs for personal use down as well uh, by uh, 23%. Offensive weapons offences down as well. Um, there are other statistics just to be mentioned because you hear about it more these days on air. Demanding payment of debt, right? Offences involving the demanding payment of a debt up 104% on 2019 figures. I mean, that's incredible. That would be, um, you know, where there would be a crime committed trying to get a debt paid. Now, that could be a drug debt, probably is in most of them, that led to criminal intent, 104%. Harassment, stalking and threats up 18%. Drunkenness up 19%. And sadly, fatal traffic collisions also up uh, 20% um, in the last two years. So roads also become an unsafer place to be. Uh, you can text on that if you wish. Text 086-8104-106. Um, you know the uh, protests and the counter-protests, the rally and the counter-rally on Saturday. I mean, it, it really did garner an, an incredible response by email and indeed by text. And I never get to read all of them out. I did take the time yesterday to read out a very lengthy email. Now, normally I wouldn't read out an email as long as the one that I read out yesterday, but I did read it out. Um, and one of the reasons that I read it out is that I wasn't hearing a whole lot from people who are very much um, pro, um, um, you know, people who come here to live and to migrate here, as opposed to those who are saying we have enough and would be deemed as being 
uh, uh, you know, anti-immigrant protesters. Uh, so when I got one, I decided to read the whole thing out. There was parts of it that I did have to edit. Uh, and in spite of reading it all out and the person who sent it to me asking not for their details to read out, um, they were clearly examining every single word that I read because they said, thanks for reading out the email. It was edited, but I still appreciate what you did and the fact that you read it out. Um, however, I was careful to accurately tell you what I saw at the rally. My words were changed, though, when it came to the issue regarding a selfie stick being pushed out of somebody's hand. It was pushed out of the person's hand. Uh, Neil read out my email and he said that it fell out of his hand. I didn't say that. I was careful to be accurate because it is always right to be truthful. But also I didn't want my email to be discredited by telling lies. Now that's exactly what's happened. Facebook and contributors are making the most out of it. And therefore, um, this is the reason why they've been given by you to discredit my words. Please fix it and say it changed it. And I told it as it was happening. Thank you for that. I've edited that as well because um, in that email, there are people's names mentioned. And I've got through this so far since what happened on Saturday without identifying any individuals. Uh, And I intend to keep it that way. Um, I would have changed the word pushed to fell because I don't know whether it was pushed or fell. But I'm happy to correct it on your behalf because in some regards you are right. It is important to be accurate, even though having said that, I I didn't see it with my own two eyes. I did get a response, though, from uh, Cork Rebels for Peace, and it is an official statement from them sent to uh, the Neil Prendiville Show following uh, our conversations on air on Monday and Tuesday. And they said they're happy for you, Neil, to read it out publicly. They're also going to publish their statement and response as a public statement. And and again, uh, I will do that. I just don't have time to do it this side of 11 o'clock, but it gives another opportunity because there was few enough opportunities over the last couple of days from people who um, um, are, are part of the rally that says, you know, Cork says no to racism. Cork says no to people who are anti-immigrants. Um, I didn't hear much of those. A lot of the time they were saying, I can't come on air, I won't come on air because there will be a pile on against me on social media. That's how they operate. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie and you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. International Women's Day. 104 to 106 Red FM. Okay. This is The Neil Prenderville Show. Quick one for you. Great to have the Cork French Film Festival on at the Gate Cinema this week and the festival runs from tomorrow Thursday until Sunday uh, and we have tickets to give away the full programs available through corkfrenchfilmfestival.com and we have tickets to give away now for the opening night of the film festival for the Cork French Film Festival at the gate call a 9 on 0818104106 you can check out the full uh, criteria and the full itinerary yourself online but there's some double tickets to give away now 0818104106 go for it uh, meanwhile um, I will come back to calls and other stories in a few minutes time but um, can I just say one, one of the things you have to do when you're dealing with any kind of a topic on air that can be contentious or indeed people might have emotive opinions on or be very strong on is that you have to endeavour as best you can to have balance and I know I plague you by saying this all of the time this is one of the more difficult topics to deal with when it comes to balance right Uh, particularly if it deals with uh, international protection orders or refugees asylum seekers or indeed Ukrainians coming in fleeing war then you have the state of direct provision and people living in direct provision centres which I think have been cruel and unkind for many years and they do need to be got rid of. I've said many times in the past that at this stage anybody in direct provision should be just given help 
to get out and move on with their lives and then we need to look at the whole issue of what we do with people who come into the country looking for help and sanctuary in the future. Um, but having said all of that, it's, it's difficult to have balance when, you know, some people are afraid to come on air and that's why I, I will do texts and I will do emails. But it's one of the harder topics to deal with this one. And I'm al- almost like constantly on a, on a tightrope and that's not an issue. That, that's my job. That, that's what I do. I, I firmly believe though that people's voices and opinions are better heard than driven underground and I've said that numerous times in the past. So enough of me. So see the, um, this is a statement from Cork Rebels for Peace. They issued a statement following two programs that we did indeed yesterday and the day before and also are referencing the rally on Saturday. We're happy for Neil to read this out publicly. We'll be publishing it online. Um, and they have a lot of it in quotes because it's, it's actually quoting some people who were on air. Uh, so I begin with quotes. Jews are going to be at the centre of that. Jews will be resented because of our leading role. Your caller, Sean, read this quote out and then said, the people who I just quoted are controlling the EU and they're sending people here on false pretenses. Uh, let's take a look at why a direct line can be drawn between anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and Nazism. Let's look at it from Wikipedia. Uh, the claim that there was a Jewish war against Nazi Germany is an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory promoted in Nazi propaganda, which asserts that Jews acting as a single historical actor started World War II and sought the destruction of Germany. You allowed someone to speak on your show who says Jewish people are responsible for immigrants coming into Ireland. These immigrants are portrayed as a plantation, as an invasion. Not only are they whipping up hatred against migrants, but are ultimately trace they ultimately trace that back in order to whip up hatred towards even the Jewish community. If you want to know why the word Nazi is used in reference to these people, there it is. You aired it on your show. And there's more. You had a journalist on your show from The Echo Tuesday. The journalist said, Donald O'Keefe said, if you want to hear the other side, and then he proceeded to proceed what the far-right protesters told him, and I quote his words, we're being replaced, we're being replaced, stop the plantation, that was the National Party's line. So I spoke to someone from the National Party, the journalist said. I was told we're being replaced. Africans have no place in this country. They will pollute and damage this country. I said, who's doing this? The journalist said. Who's sending African people in? They said abortion is wiping out white people in Ireland and that's why the globalist agenda allowed abortion to be introduced. Journalist said, whose global agenda? They said, Jews. Multiple times on your show, from multiple sources, you were informed of the anti-Semitism and deplorable racism from the far-right protest. And yet you continued to say the anti-racism side should not have used the term Nazi. This is the face of fascism, Neil. And you might, you, and you might enjoy it, but we are the majority of Cork people and we do not. And we would encourage people to please join us in this fight against fascism as shows like yours are allowing Nazis take the airwaves to broadcast racist hate and fear. To finish, regarding the global agenda driven by Jewish people, which the far right you have platformed are spreading with your encouragement, I mean, personally, I, I, I mean, I, I, I take umbrage with that, but I'm reading it out nonetheless, which you encourage. This is fascist ideology on the streets of Cork. 
And from Wikipedia, in October 2018, a gunman killed 11 people and injured six in an attack on the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The gunman believed Jews were deliberately importing non-white immigrants into the United States as part of a conspiracy theory against the white race. Uh, Best regards, Cork Rebels for Peace. And that is the full and entire statement uh, from Cork Rebels for Peace. It's their official response to a lot of what happened, I suppose, on Saturday, uh, but more importantly, uh, on this show on Monday and Tuesday. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Mentioned yesterday and indeed again this morning, the latest sheep and lamb attack on a farm. I mean the latest because there has been hundreds and the latest one in Blarney. Uh, I was telling you about it where one lamb was beheaded, several others were torn to bits and a ewe was killed by dogs and others have been seriously injured and are being tended by the farmer and family. Um, I can tell you all about that, but I think a much better way of doing it is uh, originally I heard of it through Paul Byrne from Virgin Media News. And he had a report yesterday, and obviously it's visual, but you'll follow the gist of it. This is his report yesterday from uh, farmer Dan Cronin's farm. The images of the dead sheep will haunt Dan and his family for the rest of their lives. Destroyed, torn apart, it broke my heart. Some were born before Christmas and some were only two or three weeks old. And then to, like, as I say, the joy that it brings to my, myself, my family, it is unbelievable. And then within just a couple of hours, it all changed. Three dogs were seen in the area shortly before the flock was attacked. The images of the three dead lambs and one yo are far too graphic to show on television. But the amount of hours that the sheep that's after being attacked all over the country, it's unbelievable. The Irish Farmers Association is calling for tougher legislation in a bid to stamp out the number of dogs attacking sheep. We can take a gun on my land here. I have every right to, t- to shoot any dog that comes onto my land. Do you want to do that? No. The IFA's No Dogs on Our Land campaign is now in its third year. We have been uh, caring for these lands and it was like heartbreaking to see that, that they were uh, ripped to pieces by dogs. There's an estimated 300 dog attacks every year, according to the IFA. Tomorrow, members of the Irish Farmers Association will appear before an Oireachtas committee and outline how they feel sheep farmers are more affected by the irresponsible behaviour of some dog owners than any other sector. Farmers say unless the government takes action, then flocks will continue to be attacked on an almost daily basis. Three-week-old Alfie was lucky to escape after being almost mauled in the attack as well. Paul Byrne, Virgin Media News, Cork. Yeah, Owen English in the Irish Examiner this morning says that the family is still caring for several of the injured animals at the farm. And he also says, picking up on what Paul Byrne spoke about eyewitnesses, they reported seeing two lurchers and a Jack Russell-type dog attacking the animals on Friday evening. Farmer Dan Cronin joins me by phone. Dan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And thank you, because you have enough to be doing on the farm, particularly in weather like this. Thank you for taking the time. And our hearts are breaking for you and indeed your flock, but particularly for poor Kira. It was her job on the farm. It's her job, isn't it, to look after the, the sheep and to help giving birth to the lambs, I believe. Am I right? A hundred a hundred percent. She actually she she was that was her job on the farm to look after the sheep and to bring them in at night and make sure that there was none of them lambing or any of them sick or anything like that but her heart her heart is broken now just to see all her now she's names on them all and she's 
very, very upset. Yeah, yeah. She's tending to the injured because there was loss of life, as we know, but some were badly hurt as well. Oh, yes, yes. We're, we're trying to look after them the best we can. But all, you see, Neil, the thing is, we lost sheep now, right? But in about a week's time, you could come back to me and we could have lost a, another load because when they get chased by dogs, they get so upset, or if they get bitten by a dog, they'll just point off and die. You mean the shark could kill them? Oh, yes. They're, such, they're yes. such gentle, nervous little creatures, aren't they? Well, the, the sheep were really gentle. They were really, they were like pets to her. She could, she could do anything with them. I know, I know. And the dog came in then and they actually ran the dog, the dogs ran the sheep out onto the public road over a ditch and into the river. We had to actually take sheep out of the river. Did you come upon the attack? When did you get word of it or wind of it? I was, I was basically getting ready to bring them in because we bring them in at night because we were afraid in case they be attacked. And a lady came up to the house and told me that there was a sheep on the road. Now, Neil, none of our animals get out on the road, so I actually went down there straight away, and then we found out that the sheep were attacked. And then you walked upon the, the carnage? Well, you see, I had to go back. Yes, I went down and looked after the sheep that was on the road in case, any, in case anybody get injured or anything. So I done, finished that job, and I came up, and then I went back the field to see was everything all right. And it was just unbelievable. I just couldn't describe what I saw. Yeah. And, and your reaction to it, while you'd be clearly upset for the inhumanity of it, even though it was in the hands of dogs, you must have been angry too, though. Oh, 100%. 100%. It, well, it broke my heart. I still just, I just can't get over it still. Even to this, even speaking to you now, I'm still very, very upset. Because the Irish Farmers Association tell us that there, there is a problem with dog attacks. There may have been as many as 400 per year with anything up to 4,000 sheep being injured or killed. I would, I would have thought the natural predator would, be, would have been the fox, yeah? No, 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 no. no. The, the fox, if Mike, he does very little damage, to be quite honest. It's the, it's the dog, and it's, any kind of dog will do this damage. Anything from a little Jack Russell up to a German Shepherd, any kind of dog will do damage to sheep, yeah. especially this time of year, because if a sheep is lambing in the field, and if the dogs come and hop of the sheep with the lambs, they'll just kill the lambs. You said in the report with Paul Byrne that you're legally entitled and hold a shotgun to shoot those dogs. That's not yes. something you would wish to do, but... No, you know, no, I would not. No, I, look, I love dogs. I, I, we have dogs ourselves. I'm not that kind of person. But people are not taking responsibility for their dogs. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's people going out... Um, out walking and hunting and they just let the dogs off and they just don't care. That's the problem. You want people to be more aware and take proper measures so this doesn't happen people, to innocent creatures? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like, the, the, the photos that I have, I actually can't show you. But if you actually saw them, you would just be horrified. I did see them, actually, see Dan. I did see the dog. I did see the photograph of the beheaded lamb. I did. It's shocking. Well, no, that, Neil, be quite honest, I have once... 10 times worse than that but I couldn't I actually gave him to Paul for his piece yesterday and him. he wanted left to show him yeah yeah, yeah. that's he how did, bad they were he did show them to me they're absolutely oh, horrific yeah. it's terrible yeah. Yeah. I, it really and truly is but what will make it better just people being aware of where their animals are at all times well you see they'll have to they'll have, first of all they, exactly and they'll have to be microchipped mm. and they'll have to be kept under control but it's a guard matter really isn't it Dan 
Neil Hawken, the guy. No, this, this, no. This, what happened to you, really? That, that, that could be investigated. If would you, but would you ever find out who owned the dogs? You know, there's not a hope, Neil. Be quite honest. The guards were over there. They were. They couldn't do enough for me, to be quite honest. They were actually on to me again yesterday. They can't do enough for me. But they, there's no way of tracing these dogs. Not a hope in hell. Yeah, yeah. Not a hope in hell. Yeah. And I'm fully convinced, Neil, that they, them dogs that, that were at our sheep, they weren't on their own. But what? I reckon that there was... People? I reckon that there were people with them. That this could have been an intentional act? No, no, no. I'd say they were out hunting. And the dogs were loose, and they probably ran for ran ran ahead. If it were two lurchers and a Jack Russell, it could have been for rabbits or something. And all of a sudden, exactly. and all of a sudden, That's they right see there. sheep moving, and they're attracted to the movement of the sheep or something like that. That's it, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But but what's what's preventing this happening to your lambs and sheep in the fields again? Well, Neil, that is my problem. I'm actually inside my house now speaking to you, and as soon as I go off, my my next job is to go out to make sure that they're safe. Because when dogs get a taste of blood, they will more likely come back again. Okay. So that's what we're petrified of. Okay, well, I bet you, I better let you get back to it, you and the rest of the family, in particular Kira, because the lambs and the sheep are her pride and joy. She must be so upset. She must be oh, so upset. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Right. Dan, thanks so much for taking the call. Appreciate it. Dan Crumb, Thank you, Neil. Thank you. Blarney. Just let me stay with this for a minute, if you will, from the CSPCA, Vincent Cashman. Vincent, good morning. Good morning, Neil. What is it about dogs, all kinds of dogs, including, uh, I have a King Charles, and like if they could get off the lead they'd attack sheep I mean why what's in their nature they're not doing it because they're hungry it's not for food why does it happen sometimes it's it's the very fact that the sheep are moving or the sounds that the sheep are making it draws their attention and then when the sheep see a dog not all the time but their automatic instinct is to run and then it's the running movement of the sheep gets the dog more excited and then the dog can sometimes um, just back around them and do no other damage other than just chasing them. But unfortunately, in 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 a lot of cases, and as is increasing, you have the um, the dogs actually physically getting a hold of sheep. And even even with sheep, now that sheep can be very easily stressed. So even if you have, they may not physically catch them, but you're going to have animals dying from stress. Afterwards. Dan just said that farmer Dan just said that yeah. he will lose more to the stress of it and the shock. And you, um, and pregnant yours as well will can abort lambs. So if they get under too much stress, they'll they'll actually um, they'll abort lambs. Like uh, and okay, so chasing them and barking around them for a lot of breeds. What is it then that moves some breeds to actually savage and kill and tear apart again, not for food? In this case, possibly lurchers and a Jack Russell. You may be onto something there, Neil. In the fact that the dogs were out hunting, um, they may have had, they may have got a chase, you know, a rabbit or a hare, or something like that, and um, their would say blood was up, or they were keen to to catch something. And unfortunately, the sheep were there and ran also and got got caught in the got caught instead of a rabbit, you know? Okay, but is it, is it that these dogs would have been, or dogs like them who do this kind of thing, that they have been trained to hunt down and kill? Uh, some of them would be, yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of cases being reported. Um, you've got upwards of 300 cases being reported. But if, if they 
but there are, there are so many other cases that are not being reported. And we would urge any farmer out there that if there's one sheep or even if they see dogs on the land, report it to their local dog warden service as well. And they're going to be... And, do you ever hear do, of farmers who actually do use the shotgun, Vincent? Yes. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. They're quite, they're quite entitled they're, to do oh, it. I know, I know what they are. It's their yeah. livestock. It's their livelihood. I get that. It's a last resort, I'd say, for many of them, though. It, it would be. Nobody, want, nobody wants to do it. But if you have farmers there at the end of their tether, and um, especially sheep, sheep wouldn't be a huge... Um, you're not going to become a millionaire of a sheep farming. This so is, yeah, yeah, but it's unenforceable, isn't it? It's the wide open countryside. It could happen at any time. Who's going to enforce the fields of Ireland? Like, it's impossible. There's, there's nobody going to... The, the only people that can enforce that, unfortunately for them, are, are the farmers themselves. And they're, they're, they're going to have to set... Like, even in a lot of areas where sheep are being kept, if... It's like, a, I suppose, like a community watch system in that if they see dogs out there, just note the breeds, note the colours, or if they know any car registration numbers as well of cars that are pulled in. So these people may not be on foot, yeah. especially in rural areas. What I found alarming, no actually, yeah, what I found alarming is the IFA saying that, yeah, you're hearing about this attack because, say, Paul Byrne put it on Virgin Media News or Owen English picked up on it in the Irish Examiner or I was talking about it on the air. But the vast majority of them go unreported. It's possibly an awful lot worse than we know. Well, it is like there's about 300 reports, but some farmers actually don't even report. They don't bother, yeah, yeah. No, they don't bother. Because some of them are afraid of reprisals as well. The the whole system, and unfortunately, no, people are starting to talk about this more. Um, Fortunately, sorry, people are talking about this more, but in unfortunate circumstances, where the the laws regarding microchipping and ownership of dogs. I'll just give you an example. I mean, we're out out in Ballancolic Park now at the moment, just policing dogs that are loose off the lead and about two and five um, dogs are off the lead from what we've saw, seen here this, this morning and the vast majority of people are fine they don't realise that once you're in the city confines your dog must be kept on a lead how are they ever going to get a run Vince how are they ever going to get a run yeah, whether it's Ballancolic Ballin- Regional Park or whether it's the Tremore Valley Park or the Mangler or some, how are they ever going okay. to get a, to stretch their legs you see, the, the, the unfortunate thing with this is, if you come along, Neil, and we've, just, we've touched on this before, if you come along there and you have dogs out, and if they're, if they're being exercised like that, if a dog attacks another dog out in Ballancolic, we'll say for argument's sake, um, it's, it's, it's too big a park. You, even if you had 10 dog wardens out here, you couldn't police it all the time. And it is then down to the dog owner. It is their responsibility. If there's any vet damage, or if the dog unfortunately passes away, or anything like that, I understand. To I, uh, cover the cost. I right? understand that, but the question is asking is how how will dogs ever be able to get a run in a big, huge park un- like that? Un- until they have pet insurance. I, w- I personally, I think dog parks are a fantastic idea, but your dog must have pet insurance to use it. You can have a dog off the lead if you can prove that you have pet insurance. Is oh, it? if you if you had if you petting, no, you can't do it now. No, you can't. But that is no. the only reason that the only I way would you say could, yeah. Yeah. that that's because if there, if there is damage done, there is nobody held. You you as the dog owner should be responsible for it. Does that include on a beach as well? Big long 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 beaches, a couple of miles long. Can't take the lead off and go for a run up the beach, no. Um. Well, in in. It all depends on the wording. In the city, the bylaw states, and thankfully the bylaws are changing in a lot of um, local authority areas, 
where the dog must be kept on a lead at all times. Yeah. The wording in the control of dogs is under effectual control. So effectual control can be argued that, oh, my dog is dead recall. He answers to a recall, yeah. Can, just before I let you go, because I know you're busy there, you're not giving out fines, though, is it? You're just uh, advising people, is it? Okay, what we're doing at the moment now is, um, it depends, Neil. We're, we're getting an awful lot of calls from City Hall and people complain, Joe Public complaining about the number of dogs that have been kept off the lead. And it's all fine then, but a lot of them are, as well are restricted or be on the restricted breed. Yeah, yeah. And it only takes, as we know well, it only takes one mistake for something to go drastically wrong. So if we have people out here, there is signs up say that they must keep the dogs in the lead, and we just have a quiet walk. Okay. Um, okay. But if, if, if they're repeat offenders, if they're repeat offenders, then. Okay, I'm, star- I'm starting to lose you. So you'll say to them, I warned you before, now I'm fining you. How much is the fine? The fine for a dog uh, off the lead is 100 euro. 100 euro. And are you getting yes. grief now from punters so much so that you have to bring in body cams, is it? Yes, yes. Body cams. We've, we've, ha- we've had no choice. A lot of the staff are working on their own. and But society has changed utterly, Neil. Um, we have no choice but to... to Review our health and safety operation and see how, how we can protect our staff out and about doing their job. Okay. Is there not a GDPR issue there with you guys walking around filming no. everything? We're not filming everything at all. Cameras are off. And if uh, Neil Prendon comes up and starts giving me the You'll turn the camera on, that, yeah. yeah. That, that the camera, and I'm just... You turn the camera, but you're letting him know that it is being recorded. But it's only when people... Um, start giving uh, okay. or start getting aggressive okay sometimes when you tell somebody who's being aggressive that you're turning a camera on you can make things worse you know yes but I'd rather have the camera footage in hospital rather than have no camera footage true enough true enough alright listen it's obviously a bit on the windy side there and I imagine cold as well but thanks for taking the time Vincent I'll let you get back to it thank you as always for coming on air when needed Vincent Cashman from the CSPCA lines are open on that and all other business text 0868104106 talking about all other business Uh, sometime between now and midday today I have some tickets to give away for you for Reggie the one and only Reggie is playing um, again on Leaside Cork's most outspoken millionaire returns to the Everyman um, from Wednesday today until Sunday the 19th of March got a brand new show it's called Reggie's Guide to Social Climbing we could all do with a bit of advice on that one. Um, so I think I'll be chatting with them tomorrow, but I want to give away some tickets for tonight's gig because it's the first gig. So we have two pairs of tickets to give away for tonight. I will give them away, not now, but sometime in the next 20 minutes. Callers 8, pardon me, callers 9 and 10 will win a pair of tickets each for Reggie and his advice on social climbing at the Everyman. You can book directly yourself at the Everyman Palace online and indeed uh, at the box office. So you're listening out sometime between now and midday. I will play this again. Hello, folks. Listen, I'm down here in one of the smaller drawing rooms in my country estate, Castle Reggie. Just going into rehearsals now for Reggie's Guide to Social Climbing. Coming shortly to the Everyman, I'll be giving people hints and tips on how you can climb the social ladder and stop and get goalie yourself in polite society. So listen, get yourself a ticket. I think you'd find it very useful, particularly you. Go on to everyman.com there now and get yourself a ticket. <laughs> Off you go, Reggie. Thank you so much. Again, sometime between now and midday, I'll play that. Call us 9 and 10 tickets for tonight's gig when we open the phone lines. Thank you. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818 104 106. 
Neil was saying that there are idiots and morons for years and years running the country. Irish people went away, but mostly they came back uh, and they will uh, when they have houses to live in. My three children went away and they all came back. All they need now is somewhere to live, says Ger Lee. Well said. I was mentioning the banks and uh, there was a line from a Bob Dylan song years ago saying, saying, singing, uh, steal a little and they throw you in jail, steal a lot and they make you king. That's more true than ever before now. You see the debt right out, right down, particularly by the AIB. Uh, what the banks and government did to people of this country is a disgrace. Uh, they took their mortgages, sold them off to vulture funds, so people are now paying higher interest rates than ever before, uh, which they can't even fix anymore. This is all while the government stands by and does nothing about it. A lot of mortgage holders came to new repayment agreements with their banks without any repayment defaults and had their mortgages sold off without any notification whatsoever. They weren't even given a chance to come to a reduced mortgage instead of selling the properties to an unregulated vulture fund. This is why so-called government and banks would want to open their eyes and see how they have destroyed this country. Um, Bankers who caused most of this ran to the hills with a slap on their wrists. Again, the government is helping the banks and rogue bankers out. Every political party is hiding behind the gates of Dáil and protecting themselves from the real world of which they know nothing about. Thanks again if you get to read this out. I'm happy to read it out because it's an impassioned um, and it's almost a patriotic text, if you like, on behalf of many people here in this country. Um, yeah, you are right in so much of this um, uh, and the way people uh, were treated. Uh, I know the banks have come back and said no one gets preferential treatment, but then you see the huge big debt write-downs. I'm curious to talk to people who really owe the bank a little money or a reasonably small amount of money and got absolutely hounded for it. That's why I mentioned the line from the Bob Dylan song. Uh, keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. And the day that's in it, I love you guys. You're great for responding to topics that we talk about. We are talking earlier this morning, uh, International Women's Day, we were talking about uh, a story of Anne Bonny, the um, Caribbean pirate queen, who was born in Kinsale. Um, and a uh, caller, I think it was Claire, said, we should not be honouring uh, a woman like Anne Bonny a pirate on the high seas who was engaged in plunder and pillage and murder, um, that she should not be celebrated. Uh, some responses to that. Anne Bonny and Gronya Whale, or it says here, and you're right, Gronya Nivalia, should definitely be celebrated. They led and they fought beside hundreds of men at a time when a woman should not have even been out after dark unaccompanied by a man. Um, somebody else says, and correctly so, Anne Bonny wasn't executed. Uh, the news report stated that she got a stay of execution because she was pregnant. You are right. That might have been inadvertently dropped into a conversation this morning saying that she was executed. She was to be executed, but wasn't executed because I think they said at the time that she succeeded by pleading the belly. You've heard about pleading the fifth, for instance. Pleading the belly was a term that would have been used back in the 16th, 17th century, as in she was pregnant. And she won a stay of execution because she was pregnant. Now, what became of her after that is very, very unclear. You may ask, where was Anne Bonny buried? Nobody knows. How old was she when she died? Nobody knows. Some hazard a guess that she lived to be 80 years old. Nobody knows. Um, no burial location for her neither. This is because it's not known what happened to her and there's no record of her existence after the 1720s. And that's before you even begin to think about Grania Whale and her life on the seas or what a powerful woman she was in her own right. Uh, and for those of you that might have an interest in women like Anne Bonny or Grania Whale, there's an awful lot to be seen up in County Mayo with regards to Grania Whale in Westport House 
on Ackle Island and out on Clare Island. And you can Google all of that yourself and follow it should you decide to do so. All right, text 0868104106 for all of the businesses. Let's talk tattoos. Luke, good morning. Can you hear me all right? Hello. All right, yeah. you can hear me okay. I've got 400 euro every day tattoo removal vouchers from the great people at Shirley's Beauty Clinic, but it depends on the call regarding the tattoo. So tell us about your one. Uh, it was about, I'd say about eight years going out this stage. Um, it was one of my first tattoos. Um, it was meant to say courage in Arabic. Cor- the word look- courage in Arabic. Courage, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why? I don't know why, to be honest. I was just, I was young. Why not? Okay, okay. <laughs> and, uh, off, you, off you went and got it done, is it? I got it done, yeah. And about six months later, I was working in a barber shop. I was working in the time. Um, the guy who owned it was Lebanese. So he spoke Arabic, obviously. And I was telling him, and he was like, who's Stephanie? <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought he was taking the piss. But no, it turns out I shouldn't... Um, I didn't actually use Google Translate. I just typed it into Google Images. <laughs> oh, God. It's you did it yourself, is it? It wasn't No, no, if... no. But the person I got it done, obviously, didn't really check either. But no, no, I mean, no, but job. you went in having done the research and he just, Tattooist just did what you said. Yeah, I, I wouldn't really say research, to be honest. I, I, but, yeah. So you Googled courage in Arabic and actually found Stephanie in Arabic. It, that's, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> But I didn't cover it. It's covered now, but I didn't cover it for like a year because nobody nobody would have known anyway, so it made no difference. And uh, uh, you've had it for how long now? Uh, well, it's covered now. It's covered now. When, when you say covered, how do you cover it? I got a, I got a bigger tattoo over it. <laughs> it was only small. What's over it? Um, like a set of wings on my chest. <laughs> you should have just gone out and tried to find a girlfriend called Stephanie. <laughs> I know. Marry to Stephanie. No. no. <laughs> you want rid of it, do you? <laughs> oh, well, I can't get rid of it, no, but I have one or two others I wouldn't mind getting rid of starting from scratch. <laughs> what? Which one would you pick to get rid of? Uh, another one when I was 18, uh, me and my buddy I was living with at the time ended up going into town getting a set of lips on our stomach. <laughs> like Rolling Stones lips, is it? Yeah, but worse, it... it they came out terrible. It actually just looks like a really bad birthmark or something. <laughs> Some sort of skin condition. <laughs> you don't go around with your shirt or t-shirt off, no? Not often, no. How many tattoos have you got? I've oh, well over 20 anyway. Oh, God. I like, I, I love most of them. I love most of them. <laughs> right, okay. Are they, are, right they're all over the body, front, back, up and down, are they? <laughs> uh, bar my head and face, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! All right, okay. You must be the talker from Moy, are you? With the tattoos? Uh, there's plenty around. <laughs> okay. <plenty> around. <laughs> Hang on. Anyway, we'll see what we can do with you. I want to get another call or two. I'll get one on anyway. Anthony, good morning. How are you, Neil? How are you, nine? Tell me about your tat. Um, back in 2017, we said my wife got married, so we went to Thailand on our honeymoon there for three weeks. Where'd you go? So we said I'm we'd... mad keen to go to Thailand, but I can't work out where. I don't want to go uh, to Bangkok. Can... We we done a big tour now. To be fair, of all the islands, and you know, of, uh, you can go on with the list now. To be fair, we've yeah, but is it best? To, is, is it best just to stay away from the mainland and head straight to the islands? Is it? Ah, uh, the islands, yeah, definitely. And does it matter which island then? No, sure. Look, where once you're on an island, you wouldn't care. 
Yeah, but I want to be on an island that reminds me of nighttime and nightlife in Ibiza. You know what I'm saying? No, you're going to get there no matter where you go anyway. All right, okay. You're All right, get anywhere, but you're up. I'm stealing but your look, story. Look, go on. Anyway, you're on Thailand. Got a tattoo right? anyway on the back of it on my back, and my wife got one as well, just marking the occasion. So on my one, it just in, I got it done in Thai. So I says eternal life, love, and happiness. But down the line, then we've had kids in between that. So I said I'd mark this again with the kids' um, date of birth. So I got my first uh, boy Ben his date of birth on so then after that I had Killian so Killian was two at the moment so basically two years down the line after that when it was getting done I only realised whoever was after putting it on was after putting it on upside down the date of birth so in between that then again I have Daisy so I have to get hers on I, as well wait a second moment. did you get the names and the dates of birth in Thai? no 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 we got, I got it done the date, the date of birth in Thai I knew a friend of mine, his wife is Thai, so I got her to translate it in between it. So and he took the it, translation but doesn't speak Thai and put him on upside down? No, I got the translation from them when I brought it into the tattoo parlour. So when they had it all done up, she had actually put it on upside down. So I didn't realise this because it's on my back and I can only see it in the mirror. So I've only ever seen it a handful of times really. Like, you know, it's just going to, it's just to mark their date of birth. So, and it was when I was getting the second one done, I'd only realised then that the other one was actually upside down. So, yeah, so it's looking to be a, a job to be done to it. <laughs> needs to be erased and put back on properly, is it? Yeah, it just needs to be put back on properly. Like, it is correct, it's just upside down. But sure, who, the girl putting it on at the time, she she wouldn't have known Thai. Do you know, so when she had it printed who off... Who ultimately and to told you on. that it was upside down? A Thai person? No, I can actually see it myself because I had a picture taken of it at the time when I was getting the second one done. Does it, and then I was looking at it and I had the original one still on my phone and I was looking at it that's upside down. Does it wreck your head? So, I don't see it, you know, when you don't see it. It's just it's more sentimental just because it was marketed with the with the date of birth, you know what I mean? So, like, it is correct, it's just upside down. You know, it's, it's not a major thing, but, like, it's something I would love to get done. You know, it's not as if anybody can go around reading Thai. <laughs> you two know, great, so two great stories. Two great stories this morning involving foreign you know, languages. <laughs> so, well, look, we don't get the sunshine to get the top off anyway enough, so right, okay. nobody be seeing it too much. Thanks, Anthony. Stay listening. Um, if I don't get another tattoo story on, I leave it up to you guys to decide. Anthony with his upside down tie tattoo, or Luke with his Arabic tattoo. He asked for the word courage and ended up with the word Stephanie. Your thoughts on which would win the four hundred euro tattoo removal voucher? Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Thank you to Shirley's Beauty and Laser Clinic. They're removing tattoos of all colours. Uh, sometime between now and midday in the next few minutes I have a pair of tickets for the whole weekend. The whole weekend of country to country which is happening this weekend at Dublin's Three Arena. Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday this coming weekend. It's not just for one night it's for all three nights. So if you love country music I have the last tickets to some of the world's biggest country artists at uh, country to country. Um, I'm going to open the phone lines for that in a couple of minutes. I, I'd actually open the phone lines now, right? But you kind of have to know your country. Fairly straightforward. So get dialing on that, right? Um, 0818 uh, And we'll clear the decks and then we do Reggie before we finish. Um, and you need to come on air. And I'm going to play, right, a clip from, let's say, a country song, kind of a country crossover song. And you have to complete the line. 
of the lyrics. All right. Fairly straightforward. 0818104106. Go for it. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Go, James. Neil, I, good morning. I, to I you. swear to God now, if you don't give this socks, right? From Dublin Hill, you're not going to win this prize. If you just don't give it socks. I mean, you have to sing at the top of your lungs and own it, okay? Right. Okay. All right. Have you been been to Nashville, the home of country music? I have. I have been there three times, actually. You're joking me. Yeah. Do you enjoy it? Four, three, two or five into it. Fantastic. So you're a big country music fan? I'm I'm, I'm a fan of the old... Type country, George Jones, Johnny Cash, Mel Haggard, you know, that, that era. Well, you're going to get that and all, and all that and lots more at Country to Country this weekend at the Three Arena. So, if you, if, do you know any of the new stuff? Um, not, not the new stuff, only what I hear now on, on my phone, you know, just on the. Uh, <laughs> okay, this is, gonna, this is going to be fun because there's a good chance that you won't get this then, all right? All right. <laughs> I'm, play, I'm going to play a snippet of a song. It's going to stop. And there is a line that you have to sing and give it socks, right? Right. Even if you know it and don't give it socks, you still won't win. Are you ready? Right, right. Here we go. Here we go. Man. I feel like a woman. Again? Man, I feel like a woman. And the third time now, really giving it socks. Man, I feel like a woman. Okay, so jump in on time now, right? Man, I feel like a woman. What do we think? Are we okay with that? Yeah, you're getting a thumbs up, my friend. You're getting a thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) The mortification of it. The mortification of it down in the local tonight. Tell me about it. <laughs> Tell me about it. You'll have the last laugh. So you got three nights above in Dublin at Dublin's Three Arena for Country to Country this weekend. Thanks for listening, James. Enjoy. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. He loves the country music. You can download the GoLoud app uh, and tap Country Hits to start listening. It's a 24-7 online thing. You can have a listen yourself if you like your country music. Uh, You can also listen to this program because the podcast is also now on the GoLoud app. A little bit of business before I love you and leave you for the day that's in it. I'll talk to him tomorrow on air, but his show starts tonight. So we've got double passes to give away two pairs, callers 9 and 10, for this. Hello, Stops. Listen, I'm down here in one of the smaller drawing rooms in my country estate, Castle Reggie. Just going into rehearsals now for Reggie's Guide to Social Climbing. Coming shortly to the Everyman, I'll be giving people hints and tips on how you can climb the social ladder and stop and kick over yourself in polite society. So listen, get yourself a ticket. I think you'd find it very useful, particularly you. Go on oh. to everyman.com now and get yourself a okay, ticket. Okay, and tickets can be purchased at everymancork.com over 16s and Reggie kicks off tonight. I'll chat with him tomorrow. Luke wins today's tattoo removal voucher. Luke from, from Moy, who wanted the word courage in Arabic, but ended <laughs> ended up with the word Stephanie. So 400 euro voucher for you, Luke, to get that sorted, courtesy of ourselves in shirleysbeautyclinic.com. Final bit of business. I ran out of time yesterday. I was very keen to mark the 100th anniversary of the 1923 massacre, which Michal Martin said recently was premeditated murder. But what happened uh, on March 7th, 100 years ago, 1923, when nine Republican prisoners were taken from jail, tied to a landmine at Bally Woods outside Tralee. The mine was detonated. 
eight of them were blown to bits. One escaped, incidentally. Quick call on that to tell us a little about it. Gabriel Doherty from UCC School of History. As always, the man to ask. Gabriel, good morning. Good morning to you. It was a reprisal, was it not? It was. Uh, the day before, on the 6th of March, five uh, National Army, struck Free State troops, had been killed by a booby trap bomb near Knocknagoshal, uh, also in County Kerry. Um, and, and there seems little doubt that both the uh, incident uh, that you're talking about, uh, at Balisidi, and also another very similar event that took place also on the same day at Countess Bridge near Killarney, which killed five uh, other prisoners, uh, were undertaken as a reprisal for that Nagashal event. Okay, and that reprisal involved Free State Army soldiers taking the IRA prisoners that they were holding. Stephen Fuller, who was one of the only survivors, said that they were shown into a cell which contained nine coffins before they were taken to Bally City. Is that correct? Well, that's that's the report from Simful, and his, he's the only survivor on the Republican side. Obviously, the the, the troops themselves weren't talking, um, but there seems little reason to doubt the veracity of, of that statement. And what did they do with regards to tying them to tying them to what? A big barricade, was it? Yeah, the, the barricade. I mean, the the really distressing thing is that when they were individually. Uh, uh, attached and, and then a rope was tied around all of them so the, the idea being that, no, that there wasn't a possibility even if one individual tried to escape and loosen their bonds they weren't going to be able to uh, escape the, the big rope now as it happened with Stephen Fuller uh, because they were so tightly packed together he just was incredibly fortunate that he was blown completely clear of the uh, of the centre point um, so, so much so that the, the troops who carried out uh, the the massacre uh, weren't even aware of of that he'd escaped because the body parts uh, were were so scattered. Uh, so it, it was it was a horrific event. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Now, of course, there were a number of horrific events, in particular at that time, in particular in Kerry, but. One shouldn't neglect uh, to consider that there are a lot of things going on across the country at that time. Uh, but even by the, the, the low standards of the Civil War, this was certainly a, a very low point indeed. Would a trip mine have been acceptable within Civil War? Uh, well, but but, I mean, but within, this, this described yeah. as barbaric. Yeah, well, I mean, it, uh, booby traps are, as were, a, a part and parcel of the debased business of warfare I mean yeah. that's, that's uh, I mean warfare is the abandonment of all conventional behaviour there are rules of war uh, but, but uh, booby traps would not be considered as far as I'm aware I'm not a military lawyer yeah. Uh, yeah. would not be considered to be a contravention of the laws of war killing prisoners is uh, and was and this would have been deemed at the time as been sadistic uh, uh, Michal Martin describes it as uh, premeditated murder. I wonder, well, I mean, is, is, it's, is it's politics coming to play here now, I wonder? Well, I mean, it's an interesting point because the question is, is what happens next? And there is an inquiry, but it's, it's a whitewash. It's a, it's a cover-up. The, the, the same commander who, as it was, was in command of the, the troops that carried out the act was responsible for conducting the, the court of inquiry. That was if one goes, if one was a, have a look daily. at the... the the political side of things. Remember that W.T. Cosgrave sometime before had, had said if the country is to live and if we have to exterminate 10,000 Republicans, the three millions of our people are bigger than this 10,000. So there was a clear signal that had come down from the topmost political level that uh, the state was going to do whatever 
he considered necessary and wasn't going to be bound by legal considerations. And, and that's the, 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 the premeditated aspect, which is perhaps most disturbing. It's the most vicious type of war when you think of it. It was, it was. I mean, and, and, and of course, Republicans were, 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 were vicious in the way that war is. <laughs> sort of organised viciousness is organised violence but as I say, where, where, where there are contraventions of the laws of war uh, and clearly this was then that raises a whole series of issues. Was it coming anywhere near the end of the civil war at that stage I wonder? It was. Uh, the following month Liam Lynch who was the commander in chief of the anti-treaty forces in the civil war uh, was was killed and they knocked me down mountains and then the four the, the really the final end uh final act of the civil war comes in may when there's a dump arms order issued by frank aiken who'd in effect taken over from liam lynch so there, there wasn't now people at the time didn't know this i mean at the time uh of course uh, the the civil war was ongoing and there was no certainty as to when it would end uh, the question of whether these actions shortened the war, or perhaps even lengthened it, of course, which is a, yeah. another way of, of, of looking at things. What it certainly did was to accentuate the bitterness yes. that was already, of course, uh, there in Spain. And lasted for many, many decades. Just very yeah. finally, though, when you look at Bally CD, is that very much a, a Fianna Fáil commemoration, while Bailna Blaw would be historically very much a Fianna Gael commemoration? Well, Stephen Fuller joined and, and was the TD for, for Fianna Fáil, so there was for a long time as it were a part of political aspect. Sinn Féin of course uh, would nowadays also and, and did mark the event over the weekend although it's interesting that because Sinn Féin were there before Fianna Fáil and indeed well you know, and, and there before uh, uh, Fianna Gael coming to Wales etc it's interesting that Mary Lou MacDonald uh, also referred to the, the Nock Nagoshal uh, uh, killings uh, in her remarks so uh, I mean one of the, the, the more welcome aspects of the commemoration that's just occurred is, is the fact that th- there, there hasn't been that complete sort of factionalization that, that the modern political parties are, are referring to the events that were preceded and, and followed uh, the the City event also. Good man, good man, as always. Thank you for that insight, Gabriel. Gabriel Doherty, no UCC School of History, 100 years yesterday. My apologies for not touching on it yesterday, the Bally CD massacre. Our lines will stay open. You can text 86 Our winners for the Reggie tickets for tonight's gig at the Everyman, Thomas O'Callaghan from Balafihan and Billy Morrissey from Fernands. And the public have spoken. Luke Heffernan gets the tattoo uh, removed. He got it in Arabic. He thought it was going to say the words courage. It ended up actually being a translation of the word Stephanie. So we'll do some more of those on tomorrow's programme. I know I'm forgetting something. I'm damned if I can remember, but that's it. We'll uh, pick it up in the morning. Have yourselves a good day and I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.